sun I'll be sitting in the evening calm Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Workday with Nana and Ovi. <laughs> I'm scared to even ask you that. <laughs> what are you scared to ask? What are they you doing, friend? <laughs> they don't know the conversation we friend, had right before how this. Are you, friend? I'm doing, friend? I'm, <laughs> I'm doing well. How you know, are you? not the. Now that we got some of these technical difficulties. My nigga, I'm so dead. I'm so dead. So Nana and I spent like the past like hour and 15 minutes trying to figure out. I'm coming to learn that maybe Nana's not that great with technology. She doesn't do the technology. I see. This is not a thing that I've ever proclaimed to be very savvy on. (laughs) I say this to, to my detriment sometimes. The things that I know how to do you uh-huh. ain't never have to check me on this computer shit, though. <laughs> <laughs> I passed. Well, I don't Yo. even know what class that was freshman year. And I was like, oh, I don't ever have to worry about H- none of this other stuff. <laughs> can I do my job? Okay, I can, yes. I was about to ask you to let me just remote into your laptop. Like, just give me remote access. You know let what? me just the, go I in. That and... quite often, and I do not mind. So if you have those capabilities, <laughs> come on in. I listen. Okay, I good to know I, that it's an option. If I don't I need do, to. She doesn't do the computers. The, okay. I just need to do my job, check my emails. And that's it. Keep it simple. It. All right. I t- <laughs> the only other person who I know is like really bad with technology is my best friend Pierre. He's he's just bad. He's <laughs> well, just now, but there's we are, no saving him. We we excel in other assets. We have other skill sets. Okay. So, I do too. And okay. technology is also one that's of That's why your list is just different than ours. <laughs> but don't you have to come for us? Damn. Okay, fair very so, happy. Hopefully this sounds a lot better for y'all. I feel a lot better now. This feels like a better platform for it us. It feels, okay, okay. We're going to figure it out. How, no, how have you been? I've, I've been? I've been good. It was a good week, really and truly. I, I'm back in the swing of things um, with my freelancing gig, back out taking pictures. Fun. Yeah, I, kind of, I, I took a break, and I think I mentioned this maybe last week or maybe even the week before, just in the wake of uh yeah basically after memorial day i was just i needed some time before i like went back out there mm-hmm. you know I, I know we we always as black folk have to kind of make that switch you know what i mean of like just turning off anything i mean we all do this at work but i think especially for us okay, there's issues yeah. of like racial trauma and whatnot mm-hmm. we have to do it even more that that yeah. we're always code switching in in all of our spaces but I feel like sometimes the code switching required when it comes to issues of racial trauma are getting, it's getting harder and harder for me to do that. To turn, like to kind of focus on. Yeah, to just exactly. So I needed, I actually took a good like week and a half, almost two weeks of not shooting or working at all just to kind of decompress and not have to have that on my mind you know what i mean no yeah for sure but anyhow it's been good yeah now i'm back out it's it's nice to go back out and be back on the ground and and see the work that's happening across the city um with all the nonprofits and the way they're responding to to covid-19 so mm-hmm. so okay, yeah so you're, still, you're still freelancing with the yeah exactly okay, nice. exactly how about you 
how are things on your side? You, yeah. you, you had a, I know you. <laughs> yeah, you, you were going through it. What was that talk? Is that Friday or so Thursday? Tired. I think. When's that the was... last time you slept? Like a full night. Yeah, but I know for you, another thing—a full a night for you is like five hours, even yeah. on the best of nights. Um, this is gonna catch up with you. You need to prioritize your rest. I got that advice this week, so I'm gonna pass it along to you as well. I don't even know what that means, though. Like, how do you do that? It means turning off work, turning off your phone, turning off the TV, and resting. Yeah, I don't know that I can do that right now. Like, you I can. I like we've talked about this before even like this maybe by like mid-April I was like completely checked out from doing anything that had anything to do with my sewing machine like she was chilling collecting dust and okay um a friend of mine is working on this pretty exciting project and she tapped me to kind of make some costumes for her and a couple of other dancers and oh okay um, I was like, oh, this is this is great. And she was like, yeah, so I need it. She called me Monday evening and was like... Uh, of last so, week. Yeah, this past okay. week. And was like, so uh, the shoot is on Saturday. <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, you got to give me some time. <laughs> Yo, I, I don't know why people think creatives turnaround times is it's, like two hours. Like, right. no, like, I can't turn something around and, that quickly. Like, my process, my sewing <laughs> process, like, there are steps. Like, yeah, of course, fitting, of course there are. The things. And so, like, I mean, that none of that happened this time. I had okay. to, like, buy fabric. Like, everything happened. On I started sewing on two. Oh, so I left my house and I told you I was you just that. about to ask, like, how you got said fabric. I'm happy you brought because I was going to bring it up myself. I was like, wait, time out. Where'd you get this fabric? So I left my house for the first time since March 13th. Okay. Oh, I mean, I left, what, like, okay. left my neighborhood. Left my I got you. Like you left your block. I left, yes. I left my <laughs> in my my 15-minute radius. Okay. okay. Um, so I had to go downtown. Mm-hmm. to the garment district to pick things up and I was nervous but also like really excited that people are wearing masks and you know yep. keeping their distance and luckily she called me when she did because the fabric store that I typically shop at they because we're in um the second wave or the second stage or whatever it is now and so oh you mean of of reopening yeah Yeah, that was that was last monday yeah right so they just they opened the day before i needed got it got it um so i was really fortunate in that regard and there were i went really early in the morning to kind of beat any traffic Mm. you know people traffic um and i also don't think that they publicize that they're open because like they were still doing some cleaning and things so Mm -hmm. it was even nice to be in there kind of by myself okay um but yeah it was i now i don't want to say that i feel comfortable going out more often but it is (laughs) baby steps baby steps that i'm so scared of um but i haven't slept more than like two to three hours in the nights and like this is on top of working like i have a job no your usual responsible for i'm hoping that this person got hit with an expedited (laughs) fee no you have to and that's just not to you that's a reminder to myself and to all the other creatives out there when people hit you with these last minute requests you gotta let them know like hey look yes because you know at the end of the day we're always going to still deliver but it's gonna cost you a little more i ain't charging my normal rate when yeah. I have to turn stuff around that typically takes me like two weeks, you know what I mean? Oh, 
I mean, yeah, I think moving forward, I like this morning when I went to sleep for two hours at eight o'clock, I was like, Nana, you shouldn't have done this. Like you didn't have to do it. <laughs> you didn't have to do it. So you were regretting it a little bit. A little Ooh, okay, segue. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for that to drop on your head. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. I, I'm telling you, I'm getting good. I'm nigga, getting you're good. Charlamagne better watch. Out. Right. I'm we're coming for his like, job, baby. Did we just talk about baby stuff? No, <laughs> fuck that. I'm coming for his job. Give me, give me a couple years. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, I love how it took some time to <laughs> say. Oh yeah, I get. I wouldn't say that I regretted it. Why do I feel like that's a topic that we're going to be talking about? Oh, because it is. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> it is. It all came together. Um, and yeah, I, there was there were some resentful feelings. <laughs> I was honestly really proud of myself. The okay. last time I did something this ridiculous was <laughs> when I created. Um, I started. I part- participated in a pop up shop. And I remember I like, oh, unless of, this is an early one. No, no, no. This uh, you, you and I knew. Each other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when you were putting this one together. Yeah. And I was kind of pussyfooting around whether or not I was actually going to do it. And then like mm-hmm. this was the first time that the person who was hosting was also doing it for the first time. So there were babies, like there were learning curves on their end. Okay. So the, the turnaround was about two weeks for me to make like 20 tops which Whoa. doesn't seem like a lot to anybody. It, it but does to me. 20 <laughs> from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of insane. So that this felt very reminiscent of that, which, okay. you know, whenever I do crazy shit like this, I'm always like, bitch, that means you're so bad because you got it done. And like, they look good. Like my mom kept saying, oh my God, they're so neat. Oh, you're, you're getting so like it to kind of see the progression of mm. my, um, my cleaning and like the techniques that I know now and like how the interior looks just as good as the exterior nice, to people nice. who maybe are not into the production of clothes that may not mean a, a great deal to you but it is something that I do pride myself on and like to know that I did this in four days is also like insane. you made it come together yeah no but like I said we at the end of the day we're always going to deliver shit right. we're, we're, right. as creators yeah. as Capricorns we're always <laughs> going to deliver believe me <laughs> the final product will be there but I think the one thing I have to think about, or at least I think about a lot more now, is at what cost? Like, yes, yeah. I edited, I got these, you know, 50 photos to this client in, mm-hmm. and I turned it around in two days. Mm-hmm. But at what cost? And usually, like you just said now, it means I did not sleep. Mm-hmm. I might not have, I might have skipped two or three meals. Oh, I ate one. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> if that. Yep. It's- yep. Four, it's four we're recording at four o'clock i have i this is my first cup of water like i haven't like this is no not i know i know and again you life. and i are are <laughs> twins in a lot of different ways so i, oh, I can i yeah. can relate to that i've been there some nights editing where yeah my, but it, my outside of killing myself a little bit i am like even going fabric shopping like the the going back to normal conversation mm-hmm. really of course annoys me because our what we consider quote unquote normal was not healthy for our no country, for anything for anything and then yeah. I was always the people who are like I just want to get my hair done I just want to get my nails done. I'm just like how selfish could you be like people are dying I don't mm-hmm. understand but like being at mood and like being able to like thumb through 
fabric and like see different techniques and like see um like I have you know go to uh, garment cutters that are there that like help me that I talk to we kind of foster a relationship and Mm -hmm. so like being able to do that again I kind of understand that like just wanting to go to the nail salon you know kind of feeling like No, it's all about the relationships, too. Of course, you're going to these places to do the things, to get a haircut, to get your nails done, (laughs) to buy fabric. But like you're just like you're just talking about now, it's also the relationships that come with all that. For sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I think I think if if people really sat down with it, that's probably what they miss more More. than just the day to day. It's the relationships that come with all that. Yeah. So, um, no, but it's, it's been a, I'm ready. I love, I'm very excited about this topic and I'm ready, um, Mm -hmm. to have a conversation with you. Cause this honestly has been on my heart for a few months now, but I'm Mm -hmm. also ready to go to bed. (laughs) Okay. You know, it's funny. I I also had another segue lined up. My, my other, my other end was going to be you know, you often hear people at the end of their lives, you know, when they talk about things they regret, and one of them is working more than they need. So I had two ready, just so you know. I had two, I, I had two ready to go, and those were on the fly, baby girl. I was ready. I was ready. Anyway, since, since our thing <laughs> has kind of, uh, what, what's that phrase? Drop the, the, whatever. There's a thing that says that you've kind of, oh, bury the lead. Bury the lead, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, um, you you wouldn't let my segue be great, so it's no, okay. I'm sorry, uh, no, they were, they were wonderful. But There'll be more. There'll honestly, be more. I since maybe like mid April, mm-hmm. early May, I'm gonna say a couple things this episode, and I need you to like not judge me. Okay, I, I usually like, don't. No, but like they're gonna sound crazy, and okay. I had. All right. I myself and i'm like i don't know what the fuck are you really talking about so i'm uh, aware i am fully okay aware. <laughs> all I right just, this is a this is an open space not you know yeah, yeah. judgment free space okay <laughs> there were a couple of days and maybe i'm not alone in this but there were like mm. a few days in like early rona time where it it felt like i was like watching myself live life like mm-hmm. I, it didn't feel like i was like and maybe that's because I wasn't as active as I I usually am. But it kind of okay. felt like I was like watching, like my, kind of third person. Yeah, like I don't like some kind of like overview of like me seeing myself on my couch, okay, you're doing things, but like it didn't feel like I was actually doing it. Okay. And <laughs> I don't. Okay. I no, I'm saying okay because no, I hear what you're saying, and yeah. I actually had similar moments as okay. well. So okay. you're you're not crazy. You're okay. not crazy. Okay. I, yeah. Because I I literally like when when those like I would kind of like shake myself out of that kind of trance and be like, what the fuck? Like what? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what what does this mean? What am I doing? Yeah. What's going What's on? With the, mm-hmm. Um. And while I felt like I was kind of watching myself, I was thinking like what is this life? Like, what am I doing right Okay, now? you got real existential like, with it. I love it's it. It's been a really, like, I'm telling you, and I, I think we've kind of alluded to it in some of the conversations we've had already about, like, this time um, where there are less distractions mm-hmm. in our lives, like, like, real responsibilities or things that, like, we can kind of do to escape. There's less yep. escapism, even yep. though, like, music and TV and all that kind of stuff, but, like, less tangible things to kind of like 
take us away from paying attention to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I've been having a lot of these conversations. Um, and with yourself, with myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, what, like, what am I, like, what am I doing right now? Is this where I want to be? Mm-hmm. A lot of what ifs. Um, yeah. And we've talked about that as well. Yeah where you were kind of thinking about like, you know, one kind of real basic example is just like, we were joking about first Saturdays. You were like, I'm never missing another first Saturday. Like just all the things you, you had the ability to do, but you did it. And now that we're all shacked up and we can't go out, it's like, fuck, I wish I had gone on this trip or I wish I had done that. No, you are definitely not the only person having these thoughts yeah and then while i'm while i'm sitting here having this conversation about what ifs Mm -hmm. i'm kind of um deciding if i regret if there's like because like it's different to ask yourself what if and like consider the possibilities that maybe aren't or missed opportunities but like Mm -hmm. are these things that like are regretful and like what does it mean to regret and like all of that kind of conversation was happening as well and i haven't ooh, this i haven't spoken to anybody about this like outside of um these personal conversations that i've been having with myself okay also I, like you say we're getting the real real today yeah like i mean okay. a lot of this hasn't it's been processed in a very like literally in my shower Got it. Hey, I do some of my deepest yeah. thinking in the shower, so I hear you on that. Like literally, the, the which is the like why <laughs> I got them so much because it's so small, but like so much Same. of my thinking Same. and like my game planning and my yep. Yep. happens while I'm, you know, like you like to say, dropping some kids off or, <laughs> or like all yep. of that kind of yep. stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like also because like that's probably the only place where I really have any space to be alone and kind of with in, the shower in, running. Where we are now, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yes. I'm like if I'm having these conversations, I definitely mm. even on a personal level, I wonder if you've had these conversations and like oh, what your relationship is with regret and do you kind of allow these things to um overcome you and then this could also be a broader conversation for the people who listen to this podcast so for sure what we're going to be talking about today thank you thank you i think it's a i I appreciate you laying it out the way you did and again just you're definitely not the only person who's been having those thoughts i've seen a number of articles that have been addressing this exact thing particularly i think more specifically like we talked about last week with the dating and love a lot of it has been, there's been an influx. We didn't really talk about this last week, but there's been an influx of people reaching out to exes or like past mm-hmm. lovers and whatnot. Oh. I think you you said you had a few on your line too. But so. not even me, my mama. Wow, oh, wow. Now dropping stuff off at the house. I'm just like, girl, you must. Okay, okay. Okay. It was, I mean, I'm not here to talk about her business. But I was like, ooh, ooh, you still want it. <laughs> she, got some, she got some callers on her line. Right. Okay. So, but yeah, that is, yes. And I've also had some old flames reach out. Pop back up. Like, yeah. No, because I think like you, like you said, I think that's, that's what this moment has been uh, ripe for is, is especially, especially right before we got to the moment we're in now, before the protests, before, you know, George oh, yeah. Floyd. Yeah. Before a lot of it 
a lot of it was yeah introspective yeah Yeah, thinking about like all right well what what's my life gonna look like now that i'm here but also what's my life looked like before you know before this point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um well i guess that's a good place to start just in general how would you describe your relationship with regret is it something that's consumed you or that you find consumes you is something you've kind of have a healthier relationship with now where 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 are you with regret how do y'all get along um so prior to this this very this very current moment i don't Mm -hmm. think that i paid very close i didn't i don't think that i regretted a lot of things there were i could kind of um find the lesson in a lot of maybe decisions that I decided not to make or decisions that I did make that maybe didn't, you know, fare my way, but I was able to kind of learn from them Mm -hmm. or, you know, all in all, I'm in a really great place in my life. And so I think it's there there aren't a lot for me to be like regretful or like resentful for. And so Mm -hmm. kind of just um, honoring my journey and understanding that everything that has happened in my life has brought me to this point. And I can be appreciative of that. Okay. Um, But like, if I think about, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, did Mm -hmm. I think that at the age of 32, I would be here? The answer is probably no. And then when you say here, what do you mean? What's here? Where is here? um, What is here? Feeling like my, in my professional career, Mm -hmm. I like when it comes to like my nine to five, the, the thing that kind of sustains my life, finally feeling like I'm in a place where I am appreciate like working for an organization where I'm appreciated. I yep. make money mm-hmm. that um like <laughs> this and don't keep your wealth comments to yourself. Because you know they're coming. I Hashtag do. wealth. But like for the Which... probably for the first time in my life I haven't like we got paid this past mm-hmm. week. And I completely forgot. Oh, I I remember those days. It's been a while <laughs> since I've been there, I've, but I know I've, exactly what you mean. I've never been in that. That, that used to happen. Yeah, check will hit your account, yeah. and you're like, oh shit, I got paid. All yeah, right, because everything's I, already been paid. Everything has already been taken care of. So no, it's just it's bonus money. In yes, there. no Kill one it. is no one is calling me for anything. Exactly. Like, I'm not, there are no more late notices. Nope. Nope. Everything's I'm on not time. Making, Seven dollars stretch till my pay. Like, I, yeah. like I have been living in a state of financial anxiety for the the majority of my life. I I hear you. I, um, I yeah. And for the first time in my life, I mm-hmm. I'm 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 not gonna say that I'm killing it, but I'm very comfortable. And I yeah. think that you know, hopefully, a lot of the things that I've had to endure you know, those first ten years of my career have mm. brought me to this point, and I. Oh, they have. They absolutely have. Right. So, like, I could be regretful for working a job for four years where I was getting paid peanuts and being overworked, but I've learned a lot in that experience, and that's kind of helped me to come, you know, like, so all of those kind of conversations where I would be, you know, 
fighting with my boss to get a promotion and we they, we would do the little back and forth and that never would happen and my friends would be like why don't you just leave and it's like if i leave here then i don't have any like there's no saving yeah. or anything yep, yep, you know yep. so and so i endured a lot of that but i've been able to kind of lean on those experiences and bring it to my current job where mm-hmm. i am getting paid reasonably mm-hmm. you know so like i'm here now um i'm single Mm-hmm. But I'm finally, I feel like I'm finally in a place where I am not begging for validation and adoration for people who okay. do not want to freely give that to me. Yep. Does that not mean that I've been in situations where I have definitely, I don't want to say abused because that feels so loaded, but in, in relationships where I was not being honored. Mm-hmm. Did I have to endure that? Am I regretful maybe for staying a little too long? You know, like, so all of those kinds of conversations. So I kind of look back to those experiences and I can say, yes, a lot of that sucked and a lot of it was painful, but I learned a lot and it, it mm-hmm. brought me to this point. And even though this is not ideally where I thought I would be, it's it's definitely a better place than I've been in. And I think that's a part of the problem, though, just and thank you for sharing uh, everything you just did. But just that that last line you had there, I think, is what fucks us up and gets us caught up so much with this is we have this running picture of what our life is supposed to be or what it was, you know, and that's why when you said like that your life is not what it's supposed to be ideally it's like well what is that ideal and and who and whose ideal is that because another thing that i think we sometimes don't interrogate enough either a lot of times these pictures or visions that we have of our future you have to stop and ask yourself is this even what i want for myself or is this what i've been told that what is what my life should look like you know what i mean i mean if i'm speaking personally it's been a little bit of both no and it usually is it usually is but i think i think a lot of shaking ourselves of of kind of the more restrictive parts of 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 um thinking about what our life could be or what it should be is coming to that realization that life is always iterative like you're learning as you go and i think a lot of times uh we tend to think of life as destination based meaning we're working up to a certain point or working up to a certain milestone or working up to a certain goal and, and and there's some merit to that. I think it's good to have that mindset or to have that frame of mind. But I think it's also important to realize that life is much more about the journey on the way there. It's much yeah. more about the small things that are happening, the day-to-day, the mundane, the real small shit that you think is not significant. Yeah. It's really the totality of that. It's when, it's when you add all those things up that like life really takes its shape. But I think a lot of times, I know, at least speaking for myself, and I'll bring it bring it home to me. I've I've regrets fucked me up, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> so many times. Like I feel like I've lost that battle with regret so many times, and I think for me that's what it was. Is I've, I feel like in my life I've always had this vision, or the way I kind of always have thought of it is like there's there's where I am now in my life. There's the Obed that I am today. And there's the Obed that I feel like I'm capable of or Mm -hmm. so not even should. I've tried to remove the should aspect of it. It's more just knowing 
my talents, knowing my work ethic, knowing my my discipline, my focus, yeah. all of those things, knowing that if I was really operating at an optimum level, where? this is where I would be. This yeah. is who I'd yeah. be. And yeah. so what I've always tried to like think of, or the way I've always kind of visioned my mind is like, I'm just always trying to close that gap. So there's mm-hmm. sometimes where, you know, maybe uh, whether it's heartbreak or whether maybe, I don't know, I, I don't get a job offer or I don't get a, whatever the the, the, the stimuli might be, yeah. there's things that happen in my life that I feel like either bring me closer to closing that gap or make me feel like that gap is widening. So I think for me, as I move through life, I've always been so focused on closing that gap, but I've realized I've, a lot of times I've spun my wheels because I'm 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 like I'm reaching for a target that's not even necessarily all that solid or like mm-hmm. rooted in anything. You know what I mean? A lot of it is just rooted in in these ideals that have been kind of dictated for my life. Meaning okay. Okay. the milestones, like meaning, yeah. like, oh, by thir- by twenty five, I should be done college and grad school. And by 30, I should have bought a house and, yeah. but, you know, I should have be I should be married. All of these kind of milestones that we, that we kind of attach ourselves to. And what happens is when we don't meet them, now we have to sit with the disappointment and the frustration and the regret of like, oh, damn, should I have done this differently? Do you know what I mean? No, a thousand per- nigga. <laughs> a thousand per- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, and it's, uh, I, I have given myself, and so these things are not black and white. They're not linear. Like you kind of, you, you make strides and then sometimes you, you take a couple steps back. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, um, I've forgiven myself for the amount of pressure that I have put on myself in kind of trying to attain those quote unquote milestones because they definitely were dictating a lot of my life in like my my 20s like feeling oh, like same. I wasn't anything because I I wasn't I I haven't been able to check any of the things off of that list preaching to the choir um, I feel you sis and then but then it's like you know turn around and you I think we kind of talked about this maybe in like our our marriage episode where the pressures of like your peers and what they're mm-hmm. doing and maybe kind of some of Keeping the- Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, like all of yeah. that kind of starts fucking with you too. And it's like, am I, what's wrong with me? Like why yeah. am I to kind of- That's it, the way you just said it right there. It's, it it yeah. turns into a what's wrong with me. How come I'm not hitting these milestones? How come I'm not getting promoted my job? How come I'm not going on these nice trips? How come I haven't bought a house? You know, all of those all things. Of, all of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it was maybe like 28, 29, where I was like, girl, if you keep doing this, you're mm-hmm. not going to be here. Like, you're just like, you're not going to be here. Like, you're mm-hmm. beating yourself up more than anybody else could. Yep. Um, and for what? For like, what? Yeah, can, like you said, there are for what? I can't say they that they've attained the things that you've attained um mm-hmm. and you know like the whole like everybody's journey is very is is their own like you can't mm-hmm. compare um so de- like yeah it's regret is like a funny we have like a love hate um because i feel like when i think about the things that i do regret i can at least say that i've learned from whatever decision that i did or did not make 
based on the regretful feeling that I have, that there was there was something to kind of take away from that experience. And so mm-hmm. I because then because then yeah, like if you if you ended up walking away with like a life lesson or learning something more about exactly. whether it's about yourself or learning about the condition of being a human or learning about your friends or your family. Mm-hmm. Then, then did you really take an L? You know what I mean? Like, was it really something that was detrimental to your growth and maturation if it got you to that point? You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's certain things that happen to your life that are like accelerants, meaning like they have, they, they force you to like mature or grow at a much faster rate than you would have otherwise. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times it is those kind of like big linchpin moments. That we tend to think of as as bad things mm-hmm. that really and truly if you if you look at them with the with a healthy level of perspective that's what allowed you to accelerate your learning and your growth Absolutely. and and reach certain uh posi- points in your life that maybe either maybe you never would have reached them all together or it would have taken you a significantly longer amount of time you know exactly. what i mean exactly. to get there exactly um i guess before we get too far into it maybe help to <laughs> It helps to at least know what the working definition is. Like, what what are we talking about when we okay. say regret? And I think you had you had dug up a few definitions of what you what you find. Yeah. So now reading them, they they're because when I initially read, so I you know Google. That's my best yep. friend. Love yep. her. Yep. Yep. We haven't shouted out Google enough. We haven't. We haven't. Definitely send us some money because Google please please do. Um, but so I just, you know, Google regret definition. And then, you know, you get what comes up. And it, the first uh, one is the verb that says to feel sad, repentant, uh, or disappointed over uh, something that has happened or been done, especially a loss or missed opportunity. Um, and then the noun they give is a feeling of sadness, repentance, or disappointment over something that has happened or been done. Um, mm-hmm. And then Miriam, because, you know, we do appreciate the good sis over oh, at Miriam. Good old Miriam. Um, they say regret as a verb is to mourn the loss of death, uh, to the mourn, to mourn the loss or death of, to mm-hmm. miss very much, to be very sorry for, to experience regret. And mm-hmm. I always thought that you couldn't use the word in a definition. Right? Yeah. It's Miriam. Um, and then regret as a noun, they say sorrow aroused by circumstances beyond one's control or power to repair. An oh, expression, mm-hmm, an expression yeah. of distra- uh, distressing, distressing emotion, such mm-hmm. as sorrow. Um, and then regrets, plural, a note politely declining an invitation. Yeah. Um, no, that that first one on the noun one, the sorrow aroused by circumstances beyond one's control of power to repair. That's the one. For me, that's the definition. Right. Right. Especially that last part. I love that they identified the fact that a lot of times it's things that are completely outside of your control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really like that definition. All right. All right. So I just wanted to share what, what you know, my, our two good Judies, what they're saying about regret. <laughs> I've never heard you. that one. Two good Judies. This means that you don't know a lot of gay people. You be coming out with these, these, you more well read than me. Maybe this was in a book <laughs> if you came across it because I ain't never heard that one. I get into it. It's pride. Yes. <laughs> um so yeah so those are the those are the two very they're not they don't vary very much but i just felt like 
the one was giving me a little more than the other. So I was like, let's just put both in. Yeah, and and I think another thing I would want to add in, and I and I'm sure one of the two of them probably touched on it. Um, well, I guess yeah, the Google one where it says, especially a loss or missed opportunity, is because regret is it's a two way street. It's you're regretful of things you did and also things you didn't do. So yeah. it, it's both. It's yeah. both the like, damn, I fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. Yes. And the damn, I fucked up. I should have done that. Or like, why yeah. didn't I do that? I wish I had done it. So it's it's it, that shit fucks you up on multiple d- degrees. For multiple me, for, I usually don't regret the things that I do do. It's the oh, for you that, that you didn't. didn't do. Oh, and for me, it's the opposite. Oh, oh. Well, then this for is me, it's more of the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I'm leaning oh. more on the side of regretting things that I've done than the yeah. things that I didn't do. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's probably like 60-40, I'd say. If I had to like do a split on the two, uh-huh. it's 60% things I've done, 40% things I didn't do. I, I rarely regret that. Like, it takes me a very long time <laughs> to make a dis- a, def- a decision. And so okay. if I've decided to do something, uh-huh. then... you've It's been well thought out and parsed through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's okay. interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. what are some examples do you have some oh, like okay. some like pivotal oh no my bad why you say oh shit my bad no, let's, go. Let's, go. let's get right into it why not my fault. no if you if you i love it the, the, if the you want to let it marinate a little the more flow okay. right. the it's flow okay. is right the flow is i already right. started stirring the pot i don't know if you have more ingredients throw them in the the, the top's not on. <laughs> i didn't put no, the lid on yet no bro okay. let's, let's go um, um yeah, I was just curious if there was some like really key or like pivotal moments or memories in your life that that stand out to you when it comes oh, to regret. Um, I figured maybe you could share some, and then I'll I'll do the same. We okay. Could talk. Yeah. Um. So the one one regret that I have is is what I just talked about is the fact that like it takes me a very long time to um deliberate and do my pros and cons list to make a decision and i think sometimes that makes me a little too cautious like i'm not as and i won't say that i'm you know super regimented and i i'm not like um i'm not spontaneous but i there are so many things and opportunities that i have missed out of fear um yeah we've talked about this on previous episodes too yeah the opportunity to kind of like think about them to their full extent before doing them Mm -hmm. and i think that is where i there are i mean i can't there are a couple things that i'll pinpoint later on but on a larger in 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 a a sense of a theory of my regrets that's like the running theme just being entirely too cautious too scared too nervous um feeling uh, unworthy um to take the step um okay and actually I'm, I'm happy you kind of uh dipped your toe into that there at the end because I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with the the edna questions the follow-up oh, questions because oh <laughs> a lot of times a lot of times we have the answers we just don't always stop to think about them is what it is what i found especially in my a lot of my interactions with with edna so i'm i'm curious on that last point what you think that's rooted in have you stopped to think about that well what what why are you so cautious why are you so 
fearful of sometimes taking the leap or making a move? What, what is that rooted in, or what do you think I that might be? You know, and we we well, hopefully we we and we keep talking about having Edna on the show. Oh, we I, will, we will. I I I she texted me the other day checking up oh, on good. me. So good, it's, good. it's gonna come together. Okay, it will. Good because yeah. I a I really want to meet her and B. I this is this all of this thinking that I've been doing by myself has affirmed that I need to find a therapist. Like yes, like yes, and we've talked about it. Yeah. I need I need I need one. I need yeah, help one. you unpack some of this stuff. Um, I mean, honestly, they say everything kind of stems from your parents. Like my mom, yeah. my childhood, my mom is a very conservative person. Okay. Um, likewise. She, likewise. Yeah. And she is very, um, I would even say she's somebody who's very extreme, like extremely cautious, like to yeah. probably her detriment. Yeah. And, um, and when I was younger, she, it was she and I for a very long time. Uh, my father had moved back to Ghana and he, I think we talked about this. He took my, my brother with him. So yep. Yep. we were kind of split. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of kind of watching her move throughout the world, mm-hmm. even though there were things that I always like always annoyed me or, um, you know, kind of drove me crazy about her. I mm-hmm. definitely kind of inherited or like absorbed those things. And um um, oh, that's all right. That's all right. I think it's kind of just like I I admire her so much, and like I think my mom is amazing. But I think kind of um, wanting to please her and like not um, uh, even in like being in a, a Ghanaian household, like there are not a lot of opportunities for you to to do things um, and kind of take that as you may. And I don't are know. you saying specifically like as a as a woman in like in a very patriarchal culture? Is that what you were, or what did you mean? Like even I mean my like my mom, which I appreciate from her, is like was always really supportive of me, like tr- trying new things and experiencing okay. new things. But she would like she would have to call the coach and who's ever mama was uh-huh. I'm telling you we have the same sure, life I'm like you. all of that kind of stuff and it scares you like it makes yeah. you really nervous yeah. yes kind of very nervous you. anxious energy yes because, absolutely. like why are you so scared for me to like go to the mall or mm-hmm. you know take the bus by myself and like yep. I'm not I'm not saying that to say that there aren't Thing. Like she did it because she loved me and she wanted to protect me, but it also made me very scared to kind no. of just yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that, and then like always feeling like because it was the two of us, mm. like I don't think that I got to do like really kid things. Like I had to be really responsible from a, a very er- from a very early age. Yeah, and so like mm. I think ugh, even now it's very hard for me to kind of just throw caution to the wind and do anything because I, I am always thinking what if, which is a, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the conversation that we're having today, but like also like trying to correct 
or like try to be a few steps ahead of any bad thing that could possibly happen. For sure. I, I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Trying yeah. to be as responsible of my person as possible because I don't want anybody to ever take advantage of me. And mm-hmm. I know we talked about that a little bit when me being molested as a young child and like mm-hmm. kind of all of that kind of stuff, I think um, just makes me want to be in control of my person so much that it kind mm-hmm. of shot it. I kind of swing too far to where um, it kind of yeah. enables me to do anything. Okay. You end up just being frozen, just stuck. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. And, and no, thank you so much for, for sharing about that. Um, similar to you, my mother is also a source of very anxious energy sometimes because she's also very, uh, I was trying to think of the word as you were speaking. It's not so much fearful. She's just very, um, like her default setting is being like suspicious of everything. Like my mom's a big conspiracy (laughs) theorist. Like you all, oh boy, like God forbid Fox News ever got a hold of her. I might never get her back. Yeah, she's, 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 that's not funny, was, but it's funny. The other the oh, last Lord. last weekend, Father's Day, when I saw her, um, she was hitting me and my brother about some conspiracy theory about Dr. Fauci, like being involved in in like some yeah, so she'll not she'll get couch. she'll get in the weeds with it. And yeah. that's kind of just that's kind of what's made frustrate what's made like my interactions with her through the years a little frustrating is because she really does base a lot of her worldview from fear. Yeah. And that's not how I've chosen to view the world or how I or how I do. So I think that the, sometimes in our kind of history, we bumped heads on that because that kind of is what dictates her view of the world is just mm-hmm. being fearful of things. And just like you said, I, I, I see that in, in like how she responds to things in her decision, not wanting to like to try things out or like, yeah. you know, kind of go against the grain or whatever it may be so that's real i i get that and i can definitely understand how being in that environment can definitely leave that imprint on you where now in adulthood you're trying to navigate through some of those emotions and some of those fears that have now been placed on you and and that's why i don't know if you recall in the beginning of our conversation that's why i had mentioned the fact that um a lot of times we're trying to live up to ideals or narratives or stories that aren't our own. Right. Yeah. And, and even the, some of those emotions of fear um, and rejection, a lot of those were imprinted on us by yeah. whether it was by our parents or whether it was by our friends or our family, you know, in our childhood. And then we end up carrying that weight thinking that it's something that we are authors of, or it's something that we own when really and truly it was never ours to begin with. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? You're absolutely right. And it's, yeah. I think unpacking and unlearning a lot of that stuff is like so hard to do. Um, and I think that like, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at right now, figuring out what is mine and what am I carrying from somebody mm-hmm. else or mm-hmm. you know, society's view of like what my life should be like. All yeah. Yeah. Unpacking all that stuff. Yeah. So I think for me, when it comes to my parents, the one kind of uh, regret that I have is not standing up to my father more as a mm-hmm. as a child, and that's something that I've had to 
in different ways learned to just forgive myself for because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of the work that you do uh, at least in my experience with therapy is just like you, you talked about it's like kind of it's the unlearning but a lot of it also is just speaking to and catering to your inner child okay and finding ways to you know kind of give that inner child permission to whether it's permission to experience or feel certain things or whether it's forgiving yourself for not doing things or saying certain things and that's kind of been my experience um when it comes to my father because my father um growing up was he he had moments where he could be very abusive physically and verbally as well and i remember growing up my brother who's older than me and then my sister's the oldest between the three of us my brother was always the one who would kind of push back to that Mm, you know he would you know whether it was saying something back to my father my mom as well um or being defiant or like you know not doing something that they said you know just kind of going against uh uh, going against them you know he he did that a lot what's that that's my brother that's your brother too um and i i i always admired that mm-hmm. or respected that i'll say maybe it's a more of a respect and admiration but those two are sometimes kind of in the same neighborhood yeah. um because i didn't i very rarely if ever did that myself where, the same yeah i told you we, we, we learn more and more each episode <laughs> we'll yeah. at the end of the day some years down the line we'll just end up writing a book like, <laughs> the book of our lives and we'll just both co-author it um but yeah that really but i think what i ended up finding out um through therapy with Edna is i ended up finding out that i had i i kind of made my own amends even at the time or i found my own different ways of coping mm-hmm. with the abuse that was happening in my family and mine my brand just didn't look like my brother's but i had my own ways of of kind of you know like for me and i think we talked about this last week like for me it was my tongue like that's that's where i was the one who would like kind of maybe say things under my breath or like okay. you know say some disrespectful shit i was uh, out of the three i was the one who was good for that okay. <laughs> out of the, me and my siblings um but i remember this all kind of came to a head one year this was well after high school this was actually college now i think i was this was probably 2007 or 2008 so i was either like a, a sophomore or junior going into junior year of college where my brother and my father actually ended up getting into a physical fight Oh wow! And not and it's it's hard to even describe it away because you know my dad's older. It wasn't much of a fight. Sure. <laughs> really, you put your hands on your parents. Yeah, really, really. I mean, not at the age that 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 you know. I don't know how old was my dad in two thousand eight. I don't know. He was probably somewhere in his mid to late forties or maybe early fifties, something uh-huh. like that. I don't know. No, actually, no, for sure in his fifties because that's only two thousand eight is what is twelve years 12 ago. Years. And he's in his, his mid-60s now. So, yeah, he was in his 50s. That's different than getting into a fight with your pops when you're 15. And he's like, you know what I'm saying? It's a whole different thing. Absolutely. But anyhow, um, I think what I remember what that moment when when things kind of came to a head 
it put me in kind of the impossible position of having to defend my father. Mm-hmm. And, and that was not in the moment, because in the moment, that's what I had to do. If I had it, sure. God knows what my brother would have done to my father. Oh, so you're saying defend physically. Yeah, physically. Because I had I not been there, and I, I think of that sometimes too, like, yo, who knows yeah. where things could have gone if I wasn't there? Because, yeah. you know, I, I I am slow to anger, and, and I kind of, for me, it's one of those things where once I get there, it's oh, not pretty, yeah. but my brother, similar to my father, is a quick trigger. Like mm. it doesn't take a whole lot for them to oh, get okay. to 100. So having two powder kegs in that <laughs> moment, like that, who knows? You know what I'm saying? And then another thing to keep in mind too, because that's the first time that's ever happened, mind mm-hmm. you. And at this point, my brother was well, in, you know, probably in his mid 20s or something. So that that would have been uh, that that would have been a lifetime's worth of hurt. He would have sure. put on my pops because yeah. that wasn't just yeah. that moment. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like yo no I've been I've had this I've been holding this shit for, for a while for yeah, a long time and you're and you're about to catch that now like, <laughs> and that and that's never pretty you know what I'm no, saying absolutely. that's never pretty absolutely. um but I remember in that moment it, it kind of just put me in a possible position of like having to protect my father and not wanting really to do that because. I, in my eyes, he deserved everything that was coming yeah. to him. Yeah, like fuck that. Like, nah, you you deserve this ass whooping you're about to get. But in that moment, I think I just jumped into like, yo, like just which I typically do in in moments of conflict of just trying to defuse the situation. Right. Um. So I always look back on that moment because I feel like my brother finally had his moment to stand up and push back in a very physical way mm-hmm. against my father and i never got that and that and that's always eaten away at me that i never had my kind of you know i i never had that whether it was fisticuffs or or whether it was something short of that him no kind of yeah like you know like i'm a man too basically and like you don't get to just you don't get to always you know subject yourself on me you know what i mean because mm-hmm. I, th- I i know for as a fact that the way that my father viewed my brother whether it was something vocalized or not absolutely changed in that moment you know what i'm saying yeah. i never got that mm-hmm. i never got that and i think the one thing the one thing that i think edna or because this is probably one of our our most difficult sessions and i i was i was really upset during this one um was i think she the perspective that she offered me in that moment was i'm i'm because i have i haven't had this conversation with my father it's one of the many conversations that i want to have with him at some point but i'm sure that he also had a level of respect for me that maybe i'm not privy to i don't realize oh for sure in me kind of standing up and yeah. and protecting him because i remember later that weekend that same weekend when he dropped me off at the airport that was only up at that point was the second time i'd ever seen my the first time i ever saw my father cry was in 97 when he lost his father okay and was and was mourning the the loss of his father um the second time i've ever seen my father cry was that weekend after that whole spat between him and my brother when he dropped me off at the airport he hugged me and he held on a lot longer and held hugged me a lot stronger than I think he's ever has. Yeah. And he started crying. 
and he and and he he thanked me for for kind of being there in that moment and 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 you know whether it was protecting him or splitting them up and that's always stuck with me as well because it's very it's very rare that i see my father like cry that was probably i think i've only seen him maybe since then maybe one other time and i think that was 2015 when his mom died so yeah all in all i've seen my father cry three times in my life wow um so two were understandably the loss of his parents and the only other one was because yeah so so i think i think there's there's maybe more respect coming from him towards me than i probably give credit for And, and i think it was only edna i think it was edna laying it out that way that made me realize that that might be the case prior to her not like um dropping that little mm-hmm. pebble in your head mm-hmm. did you look back to that time when he hugged you like is that something that you kind of reminisce on oh no it is no it is okay. is it, it is in its own right just because of how rare or how unique of a of, right, of that right. level of emotion coming from my father is so mm-hmm. i'll never forget that you know though again yeah it's just been literally three times I've seen that man cry my whole life and and that happened to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so I think I've I've learned to forgive myself or kind of come to amends with the fact that even though I didn't kind of go the Malcolm route when it came to my <laughs> father like like my brother did, you know, kind of pushing against the the powers to be, you know, in in that sense, I I I've had my own ways of going about it. For me it was always growing up in that environment it was always putting my head down and just like, I just need to get, I just, the, the one thing I always told myself when I was a teenager and, and like shit got really bad in, in terms of like in, in my family was like, yo, I just, all I have to do is make it to senior year and I'm graduation. out of here. I just have to, all I have to do is just get to graduation. I know I'm going to college out of town. This will be, I will literally not have to think about any of this. And that's and that's what it was. As soon as graduation came, when I turned seventeen, I was out, bro. I was out. I, <laughs> I did the no, any faster. Yeah, it's it's very like it, this is becoming very eerie because I was the exact same way. Now, for different reasons, there what wasn't. Was it for you? I mean, I think I just felt so stifled. I felt stifled. Same. Yeah. At home, I felt stifled mm-hmm. in my school. I felt mm-hmm. misunderstood. I felt um, like me going to Pace, even though I wasn't far from home, felt like a rebirth, like a like a, a do over. Like I get to be yeah. a completely different person. Same when I went to college, now. exact same thing. Yeah. And I lived forty five minutes from campus. Yeah. I never fucking went home. Like yeah, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no way and people were like yo i don't understand like why are you not visiting and i'm like y'all have no idea how long you I've don't been the fuck yeah out. yeah and i i mean they're like we all have our trials and tribulations you know mm-hmm. growing up and i my family dynamic especially in high school was was really um i don't want to say fucked up but like it just it was tumultuous because like 
my father, like for a while, my, my father and my brother and I weren't talking, like he wouldn't mm-hmm. come see us because his mm-hmm. wife was this heinous person. And oh, I didn't even realize that he had remarried. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did not yeah. even know. Okay. Um, okay. And so like, it, it just, the relationship got really, really bad. And, okay. um, and I think like even my senior year, like I rarely talked to my dad mm-hmm. um so like there were there were feelings there kind of mm-hmm. just wanting to get away from like yep is going on in my family that I do not yep. understand and this feels really gross and I don't want to be a part of this anymore yep. um so yeah it was I like that whole thought of like just let's, let's just let me get to graduation so I get that was it I was like yo that's why and that's why I didn't even I didn't even deal with the fuckery too much. That's what that's what it was for me. I was like, it's not even because I saw the hell that my brother went through. Because yeah, he pushed back, but then there was even more wrath that came his way. But I was like, no, I don't. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't need that. I'm yeah. I'm not built like that, and I'm not. I don't. And for me, is it's always been, and, and it's it's even the case now in adulthood. For some things, I just don't have the energy. It's like I don't even want to put. I don't have the energy to do what my brother's doing yeah. to to be pushing back, talking back, you know, being defiant and then still getting you and then still getting ass whoopings and still getting grief. It's like, it's like what's the word for what? what? What's the point? Like, yes, I feel I, I might feel whatever power comes from saying whatever I had to say. But if I'm still having to, you know, what I mean, so that's no, why for yeah. me, when I saw the hell he was going through, because, you know, he he was he's just almost two years older than me. Okay. I was like, nah, I'm not going that route. I'm just yeah. not doing that. So for me, it was just like, I'm just going to suck it the fuck up, even though right. as much as I hate this shit, as much as, you know, I feel like I'm being stifled, you know, I, all of those things, right. it's not worth me getting into all that. I'm just going to be a yes man, whatever. Yeah. Whatever the fuck you say, sure, sounds good. But best <laughs> believe as soon as I get out of here, that's I it. Yeah, I don't, that's I it. That's like, it. it really was a conversation that I had myself. And I, the same way, like, my brother is younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, like, three years apart, three and a half years apart. And, like, okay. I would always be rationalizing with him, like, yo, bro, it's not fucking worth it. And he was, like, hard-headed. So my brother, too, like, yeah. I don't care. This doesn't sound right. I'm not dealing yep. with it. You're not yep. dealing with it. I'm like, and he, like, I'm, what, 17, 18? So he's 14, 15 with yeah. all of the deal. Yeah. And like you're gonna like what is wrong with like you? For yourself, bro. But no, I hear it. I hear it. Yeah. And you know what? To this day, about things differently. His life, no one can ever question it. He's never gonna need anybody for anything. Which I mean, like, like in his, he does everything he needs to do so he can live his life the way that he wants the to. Way, yeah, and on his I, terms. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't understand it. I am so I admire it so much. I am sometimes a little envious because I wish that I could have that amount of gumption or that fortitude to just be like, "You're not gonna do this to me." I'm not like I I even though people I could I feel like I do that sometimes. He does it on a, a completely different level, and it anybody can get it. My mama can get oh, it. Oh no, I, same I, with I, me and my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More parallels. Yeah, more parallels. Um, and no, I'm I'm so happy we kind of uh, started this conversation when it comes to family. And I, we we talked. Uh, uh, I guess I was yesterday, or maybe the day before. Where we 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 we're gonna do a full episode just on family and parents, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a loaded one. Especially but, now, because I didn't know that this there was so much. There was all of this in your. Oh, there's so much. So there's so much. Yeah. Now having the conversation. 
parents. We'll bookmark it for now, but because we're definitely on to a whole other conversation. <laughs> but but I'm happy we at least got it started here, and, and we'll right. we'll definitely find a way to finish it. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I, I think I've just come. To, I've, I've found ways to come to peace with the fact that that 12 year old, 13 year old, 14 year old, 15 year old me did the best I could under the circumstances. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't even think of it so much of a regret now, now that I kind of went through the paces with Edna and, and unpacking it. Now I'm just much more of a point of like, I, I did the best I could with what I could to, to survive the environment I was in. For sure. You know what I mean? And the fact that I did, you know, more, whole or almost whole because in a lot of ways i still was broken coming out of that environment i've had to kind of patch some of that stuff up or or find ways to heal from it but i made it out unscathed and and for that you know i i i have to be thankful to the younger version of me for finding a way to kind of make sense of it all and and still and still thrive as well you know in in different aspects of my life you know i'll still get my straight a's and b's and still (laughs) You know, doing sports and still being involved. You know, I still was doing all the things, even though my at-home environment sometimes was really was really shaky. Yeah, I know. I, 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 yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing that. Like, I had no idea that. I mean, I, I feel like we had talked about the relationship with your parents a little bit, but I definitely didn't know the full breadth of it. So, Mm -hmm. Um, thank you. And we'll we'll get into it. Now how much, how much time do you have? Basically, <laughs> is what that is what that conversation is. Right. Um, um, what's a, what's another one for you? Have there been other like? Yeah, really no, there's, there's a list. <laughs> you're, uh, also, you're also like, well, how much time do you have? Right. Um. So, like, for me, the next biggest regret or what if that I constantly kind of um go back and forth with in my mind, and I this one I feel like is so silly. Like I shouldn't do it anymore because I've because I've gotten to where I am, but mm-hmm. I do wonder what what would have happened or what my life would be if I had pursued fashion more seriously okay. um, as a career, as opposed to kind of just like a passion project or a hobby. Like I, I would absolutely the girl who was drawing costumes and drawing outfits and- Oh, even know, from a young age. From, yeah, from okay. like eight, nine, 10. Like if okay. I would- like that I definitely was leaning more towards the arts um mm-hmm. when I was younger and I would you know whether I was creating you know <laughs> cost outfits for Destiny's Child or like my favorite singer or um rethinking outfits that I saw in music videos and how it could how I would do it like I that definitely was a thing that I was doing and I think because um, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, more conventional, traditional careers are things that are promoted. Especially or from these African-ass parents. <laughs> exactly. a, a doctor, lawyer, engineer, maybe a teacher, but that's it. Oh, that well, education was a huge thing because both of my grandparents on my maternal side were educators, so that would... No, that would yeah, and I think the only reason that one's in play for me is because my dad is a teacher. <laughs> and my mom very early in her career was also a teacher otherwise i think it really would have been just the typical doctor lawyer engineer yeah yeah so like i didn't see that as something that my fan like i went to school to study political science because i i always forget that that's right that's right I wanted to. What did I you wanted, see for yourself originally? I wanted to be like a to be in Politician? Congress. Yeah, I wanted okay. to be either 
senator, House of Representatives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Started in councils and you yep. know, kind of grown from there. But I definitely, I, I, when I was young, like little, 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 I wanted to be a lawyer or a judge, of course. And okay. then I was like, ooh, law, people go to jail. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, how do I kind of, how can I create laws or make the systems more just? And so I figured like in high school, I was really like government and social studies. Those were my favorite classes. And so I was like, well, if, if people are getting paid to do this, I could do that. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely wanted to pursue that going into to school. And even that was like, no, be a nurse, mm-hmm. be a doctor. And I was like, y'all are no, you know. Won't let me be great. You know, can, I, can I deviate just a little bit? I mean, this is in the legal, like I would, I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the neighborhood. Like, <laughs> um, and I don't, I, I will never say that my mom wouldn't have supported me, but I know that she would have been like, that's cute, but you have to do that. Like, do this too. Oh, no. And you know, again, with the African parents, you know how that goes. They might, they might quote unquote be supporting you, but you're still going to hear about it. They're still oh, yeah. going to be in your ear. Like, oh, yeah. oh, why? What? Are you sure this is what you want? Oh, why did you do that? Oh, why don't you do that? It's like, well, do you actually support me? Because I don't feel like it right now. It's happening right now. Yeah, um, I don't really feel like I got to support. So, yeah, like I always loved fashion. I, I think we shared this, like, especially being a, a, a fat girl, a bigger girl, like mm-hmm. making sure that I and I wore I went I was in Catholic school from third grade to high school. So like the mm-hmm. when I did finally get to choose what I wanted to wear, it had to be. Oh, you like, want to show out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on now. This is my moment. This is my time. So it was always my appearance, like my hair, like all that stuff was always really important to me. And I was, it was a, it was an outlet that I had for sure, but I definitely didn't think that it was something that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it wasn't until I got to school and I started making clothes and I started making clothes for my mom where she was like, oh, you're really talented. Oh, yeah. yeah yes, mom. I, I, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, I kind of knew I was I a while that. ago. Right. Uh, <laughs> nice that you've come around right. uh, <laughs> and, and finishing my um finishing undergrad and then deciding to go to fashion school she was all kind of there for me but it, it, i had to prove a lot and not that like mm-hmm. you and i don't know if i'm ever gonna get away from like wanting her approval or her validation you or, probably like, won't I, so I, it'll, I, it'll I, be a long yeah and yeah. I also don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing, but no, what my mother sure. thinks about what I'm doing, it, it matters to me. Um, and so to, no, I'll, I'll say this real quick to what degree, like still heavily for me, it did heavily, it's very heavily. Not, in the past. It's not gonna stop me from doing shit. Now I don't really give a fuck. To be oh, honest. really? Yeah. Oh. Or, or like the fucks I have left to give yeah. in terms of like my parental is probably, I'm down to like maybe 10, 15%. Whereas it used to be like 80, 90, like, okay. of like, oh, what are my parents going to think about this decision? Or I'm I'm finally at a place where I've kind of freed myself of that. And it feels fucking fantastic, <laughs> to be honest. I think I'm at like 25, 30. Okay, all right. So yeah, it's coming down. It's coming yeah. down too. We've, we've grown significantly in our relationship. And I okay. appreciate her outside of just my mother. Like, she's yeah, definitely- yeah, just as a person. Yeah. yeah somebody that like I go to for advice and so even not whether she agrees or not she definitely would be somebody that I would 
get counsel from in any just okay. like really large decisions that I'm making. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like working, work, you know, kind of going to school, I knew that this was something that I loved. Starting my line, I knew that this was something I loved. Even when I take breaks from it, it's like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is how you I kind of leave my whatever market is. And mm-hmm. I think kind of figuring out right now for me is like figuring out what what does that look like? How am I going to pursue this in a more meaningful way, but I know. And so I wonder like, would I be further along? Would my brand be more, you know, my brand awareness would be larger. Would I have been able to partner with X, Y, and Z? Like, would I, would, would there be more in my arsenal now if I had pursued this earlier? And and the answer is like, duh, but I, I think sometimes and I think we alluded to this earlier. It is it you kind of go back and forth where it's like, am I beating like I'm beating myself up over something that I cannot change? This is where we are now. Look at how far we've come since 2016. Exactly. Like exactly. then kind of reassuring myself there. I'm only getting better. I'm only yes. doing more interesting things. I'm you know, so like that's I, a I, much more fruitful way to right. think about that. Right. A much more productive way to think right. about it is right. what you but just yeah. Oh, yeah. But I would be lying if I was like, uh... oh, no, it happens. <laughs> no, for sure. No, because similar to you, again, just uh, writing our, our future joint autobiography, <laughs> apparently, because we've lived the same life. <laughs> similar to you, this, uh, if I rewind back to my senior year in high school, um, maybe just to kind of set the table, I had already started um, what I wanted to be when I was younger was to become a pilot. I wanted to become an airline pilot. That was my my the dream for my life. And I was fortunate enough to be in a program in high school called Eagle Flight, um, which was probably like two towns over in East Orange, New Jersey, where, where my dad actually taught. And it was a program that was created to allow underserved and underrepresented youth to explore aviation as a potential like career choice. Wow. And so they offered free flight training when flight training, mind you, is very expensive mm-hmm. to get into. So they offered free flight training for basically high schoolers where you could go and work towards getting your license to become or at least the one of the many licenses that you need. Right. I'm like, I think you need five total. Okay. Yeah, you need five total. They were helping us work towards getting the first, which is okay. your private pilot license. And I was doing that in high school. Wow. So I started flying uh when i was ooh, 14 or 15 probably oh, out of there. oh wow yeah i i've always told this is like my fun fact i was <laughs> i got i got my license i was licensed to fly a plane before i could fly a car i mean sorry drive a car yeah i got my i got my my private pilot's license before my driver's license so yeah i could legally fly before i could legally drive because wow. <laughs> yeah, I ended up getting my pilot's license at 17 okay. uh, the summer right before college I got my driver's license the next year when I turned 18 Okay. Um, but anyhow so I had always knew probably from like 12, 13 that this is what I wanted to do I was like yes right. I'm going to climb the whole night but come senior year of high school I ended up taking um, a film a film class as an elective i was lo- i was fortunate enough where my high school actually had a few electives that you could take 
and that was one of them. I was like, oh yeah, cool. This sounds this sounds fun, and I loved it. I took the class, and I also did a TV production class. I was like, yo, this is it. Like it, it was it, I, up to that point, so much of my education had been so based on just like you know the STEM, you know the science, which is cool. I love science. Always been one of my favorite subjects. But I love this for just the creativity that it afforded me and it allowed it stimulated my brain in a way that hadn't been before. Mm-hmm. So come probably halfway through senior year when I was starting putting out my college applications, I was like, yo, maybe I'll go to film school. Like I know, I know I've been wanting to do this whole flying thing, and it's still something I really love and enjoy. But I also now that I've discovered this whole like okay. world of cinema and film, like, damn, maybe, maybe this is it too. And my friend Aaron. Uh, one of my really good friends in high school at the time, he also was thinking along those lines and he ended up going to um, school in Boston to actually, you know, pr- to, to go to film school. Okay. Um, so that is uh, not maybe not so much a regret. I think there's more of the what if category. Like, yo, what if I had actually gone to film school? Like, where would I be That's just so- in my life altogether? Yeah, you but know? You still found you which is what is like it so- did in a different way you know it's found me through photography but still just just the that as a medium though it, it it did end up finding me again and i think that's what's interesting is that these a lot of a lot of those things that nag at you or that nag at your spirit of like you know your outlets creatively or whatever it may be they always they always gnaw at you until you honor them until until you acknowledge them Sure. And that's and that's what I would remind out to all the people who are listening. We all have them, mm-hmm. whether it's things that we pick up really easily, things we're really talented at, and maybe we 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 uh, they drop off or we let them go at certain points. Like another one for me is music. I played. We've talked about this before. Right. I played like three or four instruments. Yeah. And then I got to high school and I was like, oh, I don't want to be the band geek or the band kid you know i was like nope all right there goes music now i'm like no what the fuck why did i do that i miss music and now now i'm going to try and find ways to come back to but that's what i was saying like for everyone who's listening you have those two right honor those don't 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 silence those those things that that you know that you're good at or that you pick up easily or that you you know find ways to get back to that to make you happy like yeah yeah find find ways to get back to that for sure. No, so similar to you, I also would think of like, damn, well, what if I had just gone the creative route from the get? Mm-hmm. But it was hard enough getting my parents on board to becoming a pilot. Right. So yeah. So I was like, all right, let me let me not push it. It was hard enough getting them on board with this. For me to switch it up now, halfway through senior year, like who knows if these niggas will even like pay my tuition. Like, let me just take what I can get, you know what I'm saying, and just go with it. And just and go with could it. You, could you have pursued it even a little bit in college? Like, was that an option? No, I went to a tech school. I, my 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 school was very very STEM heavy. It was really if you were going there to be this really it's an engineering school is what they're known for, but they also are one of the few schools because not that many schools altogether that have flight programs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it came down between that school and a school in New Hampshire. And I was like, all right, uh, Florida or New Hampshire? Like that was an easy choice. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um... Uh, so yeah, similar to you, I have some of those uh, regrets right from the beginning of like, damn, what if I just chosen the, the other route? You know what I'm saying? Crazy. But but I'm happy I'm happy that it, it still found me and I'm here now and of course I've done I've gone through the paces that you have of like damn well 
maybe I'd be some world-renowned photographer now if I had picked this up, you know, in high school or college, you know what I mean? Versus, I don't know, this is 2016. I don't know, I was like 27 or 28, you know? But I've I've learned to I've learned to find ways to let that go because it's it's wasted energy. For sure. It's it's the the compare I think is that the quote comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. Or have you heard of that? Yeah. And that's and that's true. It's a thief of joy and it's a thief of your energy as well and your time. It's it's it, it doesn't do you any good. It literally doesn't. Right. It literally doesn't. Um, so next on my list, looks like we're still in college because I'm I, I got a few in college, so yeah, I don't know what else you got. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I well, these are all kind of very comparable, okay. Um, but I regret kind of building up sex in my head so much. Mm, how so? Like, <sighs> and I don't know if I've talked about this. But I was I was a part of the abstinence club in high school. Wait, just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, <laughs> before, before we actually continue going on. Hold on. I don't, even, I don't even like Not the a... fact that there are images of you ask a question. Wait, the for, for I have I have so many. I'm trying to think even like the first question to even start with. I'll start bit. here. Little... I'll start here. Okay. So, go ahead. Why the fuck did your high school? Well, you went to Catholic school, so I guess that makes sense. A Catholic all girl. What? What the fuck even is abstinence club? What do y'all do from week to week? What are what's a, what's an abstinence meeting look like? Like, are y'all just avowing to abstinence each to each other, like in a circle? What is that? How does it even work? It wasn't. It wasn't like a. It wasn't like a recreational club. <laughs> okay. Um. So I was a part. I was. You know, she's a leader. And you so are. I was a student leader. Okay. Um, on campus. You were like so student I, government. Yeah. So I was. Okay. I I lost sophomore year for president, but junior senior year I was a student. I was class president. Okay. And I was nominated by my guidance counselor to be a part of this program at Pace uh, Pace Law School. We shared a campus at the time. Um, and it was kind of about like safe sex, abstaining from sex, mm-hmm. um, and then like also like dating violence and domestic violence. Yep, yep. So we um so we went to Pace Law School for like a week. It was like me and a couple of other students throughout um Westchester County who were okay. nominated for this program. Okay. And um we learned all this information, we were trained, and then in the following year we would talk to the freshmen, like we would host a presentation for the freshmen. And then oh, we have- high like, school or college? In high school. In high school, okay. Yeah. And then we would have like office hours for like younger underclassmen to come talk to us about any of these issues. Okay. So that was more than just abstinence. Yeah. It, was, it was, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, I thought it was legit like just now, we just talking about abstinence every week. No. That was just no. a part of it. No. So yeah. So a, a huge part of it was like saving your, I mean, it's a fucking Catholic school. So saving uh, yourself, but like, we and didn't believe in birth control, right? No. Is, do Catholics don't even, yeah. No, I don't think so. Nah. Not like, no, none of that. Shit. Ah, they liken that to like, like abortion. Like for them, it's like they're yeah. close. I mean, yeah. And so like having it done a by students, there was nuance. Like we could be a little bit more honest with them, but like also okay, that's good. kind of, oh. 
affirming to them that like it's also okay like you don't feel the pressure to do these things just because like, your, your classmates are doing it so Got that it. so it was like it wasn't a large club of like okay. people talking about how much we're not fucking <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like yo what is this kind of like what is even happening i put on my college apps all that kind of stuff so you drank the kool-aid is what you're saying I, well, abstinence kool-aid was saving herself i mean okay. i don't know prerequisite to be a part of this program i don't even know why in my yearbook like i didn't i was like when the fuck was i part of the abstinence club and then i remembered that i was a part of this program so okay. that identified it okay um, but yeah so i i mean i don't think other the other people that were um in this program maybe they were were not abstaining but that was a, a pillar of the information got it it was a pillar of the of that movement right Perfect. okay um, so like being a part of that, and then I remember two, and I don't know anybody else, like we like, we didn't get cable till I was like in high school. And I remember like the first show HBO that um, I watched, there was like a panel and it was about like safe sex um, and like protecting mm-hmm. yourself. And it was like this 16 year old girl who had sex for the very first time and she caught HIV. And I was like- Of course they always try and scare you with that. I, of course they I, do, it's fear mongering. <laughs> was like that's gonna happen to me oh my lord and because i'm already this cautious person i know i know having any type of physical like my body like we all know our bodies are our temple like this thing that i carry around with me is Mm -hmm. to me is all that i have Mm -hmm. i've been violated before i've had Mm -hmm. people that i trust you know take take advantage of that yeah and so in my mind, now that I like, especially when I was in, when I was like in high school and like, even in my twenties, like I can speak up for myself. I can, I can physically fight people. Like I am going to do everything that I can to protect this own, this thing that I only am responsible for. Like this is the yeah. only thing I have. Yep. And sex was something that was really scary to me because you're relinquishing a lot of that power. Sure, and especially for someone who has a history with sexual assault. So I get that. Yeah, I get that. That's understandable. Even when I started, like I didn't have my first kiss till I was 18, like the second week of college. And even that- I he did it in a way that I didn't authorize him to. But oh, non consensual kiss. Like I we were dancing and then he just kissed me and I was like, Oh, okay, okay. But I wanted that to happen, but like I was also really excited that I finally like this. You know, like so that's a whole other thing. So there are feelings about the first kiss. But yeah, like I was, you know, older. Okay. And, and then when I started to kind of explore being in relation with people it was very hard for me to kind of let somebody in um both physically mm-hmm. and figuratively <laughs> um, and so uh, on multiple fronts i didn't lose my virginity till i was about 29 and by that time i had i always uh, forget that it was that you were that I'm, old or it was that late i don't know I'm, i don't know i didn't know the the pc I, way I to say know. that Okay, all right. I didn't know how to. And even, and I mean, even since then, that's I've only had sex with. No, not last year. I guess it's like three years. Yeah. Okay. 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 So Um, why why do you regret waiting so long? 
I think because like now, I mean, after having sex, I'm like, this is not a big deal. <laughs> after you finally <laughs> did did the do, I feel like, like I'm literally in the bed after. Uh-huh. We- like so this is what i waited for this was <laughs> it? like really all of this oh why did i do this <laughs> <laughs> i could have so many more dicks ah! that's funny um and then kind of like you know doing i take very good care of myself and i everybody should um but like so like it's it's not something that is so scary but i am still like really hesitant for the new dicks but i want new dicks and oh, yeah. Speak it in. They're they are in abundance, as Penda as as Penda has told us. When I, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, but it's still something that I know that it. it I tiptoe with it, like our Mixie twenty nineteen. Uh huh. So many dicks in one summer. <laughs> yeah, I didn't talk any of them. None of us had intercourse. But there were so many different ducks. Like, I was like, a whole new world. (laughs) (laughs) There's still a huge part of me that is like very, very cautious and like super scared. But like, I think having these experiences have, have let me know that like it's not as horrifying as maybe I've built it up in my head. But I regret now all of. All of the dicks that I could have had. Right. I Just do think pl- about those past dicks. Do you mourn for the dicks that you never, you never Ooh, touched? There are, there are quite a few that I'm just like, <laughs> do I call? Them? I call them? They, they might appreciate it. You never know. They might appreciate that energy. Like just so you know what you know, I was really trying to lay down on you, but I was trying to save it for marriage. But you know, if you if you're ready for it now. It was never a safe for me. I was never. Oh, I thought that's what you said earlier. Then what were you abstaining for? Just for the sake of abstaining? I, like, again, I think. Was it a religious thing at the time? Never. It was. I God never. What was it? It wasn't God and it wasn't marriage. What's left? (laughs) I had. I had been violated. Okay. Okay. Especially in my younger life, my younger years, I the interactions that I had with men um, were so like. Now that I think about it, a little violent. Like it was very mm. aggressive, and and I knew that all they wanted from me was that. Okay. And so I don't know if it was like kind of an ego thing, but I didn't want to give it to you. Like if yeah. that, you know, like if that's all you're really looking for, then there are plenty of bitches out here who are just trying to fuck. Like that's for not sure. Me. For sure. I and I think I also have to account for the fact I think I'm realizing now as as I, as you've been talking, I have to remember that it's a whole different ball game for you when it comes to sex being uh, being a woman than it is with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. That's also a big part of it. Yeah, because for us, I don't think yeah, I don't think us dudes are really holding our if anything, we're trying to lose our virginity as quickly as possible. And we're not we're not holding it on to it as this like gift or prize that we need to like cherish and wait for the right person. A lot for a lot of guys, it's like I'm trying to lose this V card as quickly as I possibly can. You know what I, I mean? I think that there are some. I know some male virgins, and 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 you know, oh, they're, they're, they're there. I'm not saying they don't exist. They're, yeah, they're holding it down for their own reasons. But yeah. for me, it was kind of yeah. just like I I was waiting to meet somebody that I felt. Respected Could honor and respect that. Yeah. 
who I was third, like there were guys I was like, oh, he's cute. Or like, oh, I like him. But like, do I, you, I'm about to That don't mean I'm giving it up. Yeah, I got you. And then there were, there were, there were men that I was like, ooh, I can't wait. And then it just never happened. And so, you know, kind of, it was, it kind of was a playing game. And then the, the later, it was so funny, the years of my life where I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna just do it. The Lord brought me no one. It was Mm. not like Mm -hmm. no one to even consider. And when, um, when I did meet people, like something about them would just turn me off. And I was like, I'm not fucking you. Like, I'm just, like, <laughs> um, and then I found somebody that was like, okay, this, yeah. Oh, this is my, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You um, might get these cheeks. Yeah, okay. I think for me, it, it, it never had anything to do with like waiting for marriage or, oh God, it was more of like, who was going to honor and respect me as a person Got it. that I would earnestly want to have sex with. Got it. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah and, and, and for me, looking back at those, maybe some of those more formative years, like around college and whatnot, I think another regret that I've had is, and this is more of a retrospect, is not going to an HBCU. If I had to do it all over again, and this, mind you, this is even if I am going to college again, if, I, if I'm doing this all over again, because that's a conversation itself. A lot of times when I look at these student loans, like, yo, the I fuck? Know. Yeah, like, and especially because I'm not using either of these degrees. Like, I'm not doing anything remotely related to aviation right now. That, that ship sailed a long time ago. I just like to continue to remember that I could get into the government when. Yes, at least you you still have use. You still have use for your your education. Mine is just dust. I always joke with people like each year I rip off a small part of my degree to like kindle a fire to keep me warm, and that would be more use than my degree has given me up to this point. No, it really, it literally would be. It literally would be more useful than what it's been so far. But yeah, when I whenever I hear friends talk Mm -hmm. about their experience at hbcus i'm like yo like that had to be amazing being and now mind you my my college was very super diverse i think it was 40 percent of the student body was international so it was yeah it was very vibrant very diverse so it's not that my that i there was a lack of diversity or that i went to a pwi because i didn't but still, whenever I hear uh, black uh, folks talking about HBCUs, it's just a whole other, yeah. you know, it's a whole different vibe and energy that I that I will never be able to access, and I I hate that. It's like fuck. I I want. I wish I had that experience as well. For sure, that's yeah. it, it. That one would be on my list if I like if there were HBCU, HBCU, HBCU fashion schools, like I would go to that mm. school. Like, I think my, my for wanting to pursue fashion was greater than that. But I agree with you immensely. I have um, one of my sorority sisters uh, did law school at HBC, HBCU. And she talks like, it, even in, in that degree of like, law school is fucking insanity. But like, yeah, even, but even then, to yeah. be at campus and have the particular yeah. uh, um, professors that you have and like all of that. Yeah, campus. yeah. I, I agree with you. Definitely, if I had to do college over all over again, and if I was going a more conventional like liberal arts route, I would absolutely go to an HBCU. Yeah. So for me, if I was hitting that reset button, it'd be going to an HBCU and no grad school. I would. I would not have gone to grad school. Would you go to grad school? 
for? Aviation. I doubled oh. down, which was stupid. Oh, okay. My 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 master's was it was half of the program I took or my courses were the same as like friends who were doing M- MBAs, oh, and then okay. the other fifty percent of my grad program was av- aviation uh, based classes. So I have like half of an MBA. But I kind of okay. wish if I if I really was gonna do it, I should have just done the MBA the whole way around. Right. But again, if I really and truly just, I would not have gone to grad school. Like, I, I wish there was a way to like just hit up Florida Tech. That's my my alma mater. Just be like, yo, like, how about I just give you guys the degree back and you just write off the like? Because I would I would do that in a heartbeat. I would literally like, yes, take the degree back. I'll take it off my LinkedIn. I'll take it off my resume, and and you just you know refund me whatever i owe in in, in student loans i would do that and i would not even hesitate it'd be the easiest decision i made in a long time my goodness it would be a quick one that that absolutely is one of my regrets Ugh. is going to grad school because i did it i did it not out of necessity but really what it is like i undergrad i i fucked around i partied way too much you know because like i said coming from the environment i was in high school i was ready to let loose cut up enjoy myself and i did that Okay. Believe me, I did that. <laughs> so grad school really was like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let me actually like take this whole like higher education thing seriously. <laughs> yeah. So I actually started grad school on academic probation. Because I went to the same school for undergrad and grad school. I almost got I, I got kicked out of pace. So for me, basically the understanding and the dean, he he did not like he didn't dress it up. He's like he didn't say nigga, but he was like, nigga, like if you get a C, it's a you will kick you out of the program. Like at any point, if you get anything lower than a B in your grad school program, you're being removed. I was like, all right, I say less. Yeah. And I I I did it. I was fine. Once I actually like was focused and you know, giving a fuck, I, I did just fine. Right. <laughs> um oh, yeah. 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 I didn't I didn't do the grad school. I did my Good. You don't oh, need to. I, I I did a, I was a continuing ed student. Good. That's all you need. Get oh, yeah. those CE credits call it a day. That's it. That's it. Cuz the way they charging us for a higher education in this country, but it's absolutely not worth it. It's really not. In my opinion, it's really not. Like the And and I think and I think college whenever I have children if and when and who knows for one, I, I hope to dear God I'm not still living in this country by the time I have like kids who are 18. If I am uh-huh. something went wrong, like yeah, either something went really wrong or something went really right and I like won, I like I don't know, I won the lottery or something. Right. Th- that's it. There's no in between <laughs> in this scenario. But if if and when I have kids, I think I'm probably going to be talking them out of going to college. I'm like like only go to college like if you must i'm really going to encourage them to explore any other avenue they can if we're still paying for college that's that's the understanding i'm oh, yeah. operating i think, I think yes caveat. if we're still pay, if, if if college is free by then but no you live, live, get all the degrees you want but if they're, if they're still charging us fucking who knows with inflation what's it going to be by then what two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year <laughs> you know what i mean then nah, just don't do it. Get a trade, get a craft, find something you love to do, and figure that shit out. But yeah, no, I college really doesn't have to be the only way to do it. But I, 
I agree with you. I I love that there are so many untraditional avenues to success these days. I loved college though. I mean, I loved high school. Oh, I loved college too. Yeah, so for like, my friends and for the environment. But like you but, so much growing and learning that you do outside of sure. classroom in college that I for sure. want my children to have that experience, but I completely understand what you're saying. If it's, but I'm sure you could have gone that same level of knowledge of the world and your place in it if you traveled for four years and, 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 you know, maybe volunteered for four years. There's other ways to have arrived at those same truths and understandings that didn't require paying out the ass buku money to go to school. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's very, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Agree with you there for sure. Yeah. For sure. What, Um, what, What do you got next? Next for me, kind of in the same vein of, building things up in my head mm-hmm. is I kind of regret not being more assertive in my romantic life. Okay, so I'm sure that's somewhere closely related to the sex part, maybe. Yeah. It, I mean, I think for me, I, I really kind of dug deep into the traditional values aspects of dating and like, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily being an equal participant in like the core like it just going for the things that i wanted and then what age are we talking mind you when we say are you saying like young or like 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 preteen teen or are you saying like in your 20s yeah yeah <laughs> i mean my experience or all the above i don't know so, i mean i'm probably like 16 okay all right just so we could like you know put a... yeah okay got it. got it yeah there were i mean there were a couple of shorties in like middle school that I was like, bro, I should have just told you that I liked you a lot sooner. We could have alleviated all of this, but Mm -hmm. you know, fair. Um, But yeah, I think not so much my my teen years because I I was not doing any of that. (laughs) I I wasn't wasn't getting no type of play in high school. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But I wasn't even thinking about it though. Like my mind wasn't even on like, I had some friends like that who were like, yo, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to, who were like just so like trying to get again trying to get that v card out the way yeah i was so engrossed in the books and track and and all the other extracurricular stuff i had going and i think it's for the best that i did not discover pussy in high school because if i did <laughs> jesus christ because it was I, i'm not saying it was downhill once i did in college but like what it yeah. was a whole yeah yeah so i'm happy i, I didn't come I, across that because who knows on people but it wasn't to the extent of like doing anything remotely as yeah yeah like, what i'm looking for now but i think um kind of similar to you like i was on every e-board and you know men like on every sports team and like managing different um divisions of our sports so like that i definitely was very preoccupied during high school mm-hmm. but i think and I think it was also easier because, like, there were uh, there was a whole group of us who were still virgins. Like, it was a rarity to find one of your friends who had had sex by the Got time it. we were in school. Got so it. there was support and, like, we don't really need to do this. So it there was, and I think because I went to an all-girl Catholic high school, like, the the boys that, like, our brother school boys yeah. were yep. fucking yep. None of them were even worth our time. So oh, it was very okay. easy for me to like not pay attention to that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got to college and then within a matter of like the first semester, all of us who were the virgins were no longer. And I was the one. And I was like, oh shit, like we're, so we're doing this, huh? We're, we're getting into this. And like 
I think that they, of course, there was a lot of insecurity with my weight and like kind of just figuring out who I am and not, you know, being so reliant on like what my life has been. And so kind of maybe people were pursuing me and I, I did not see it. I didn't, I didn't yeah. recognize it. Um, there were people that I probably liked that I was like too shy to even approach in that way. And um, I did that. I think three times in my life from like zero to 17, I had three crushes who I like mustered up the end, like the testicular fortitude uh-huh. to, to go up and let them know. Once was in, what was that third grade or fourth? That was fourth grade. Okay. I was Alexis. Oh, Alexis. Fourth grade. I had the biggest crush. I had the biggest crush on her. Yeah. The next, and then, and then, she she let me down easy so that was that you know i i i i wasn't crushed by her not liking that she was and actually i'm still friends with her now go figure um i was i was texting with her the other day um that's kind of amazing yeah well that's the we the in my hometown uh we a lot of us all grew up together well like literally from k to 12 like so you you know a lot of these people um the next one was i think 6th grade that was Allison. Oh. Um, I also had a big crush on her. Uh-huh. And then I think after that, the next time I I had a cr- oh, I had plenty in between, but talking about the times where I actually like went and let them know was like junior year of high school. What was her name? Michelle. Okay. Huh. I, I batted 0 for 3, you know. <laughs> so that, that's why I think that's why those gaps are so big. It's like, yo, this ain't working. Any anytime I go and tell these chicks I like them, they never like me back. So let me just shut the fuck up and like just, you know. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to tell you. Cause you always wonder where this like this whole thing of me now at 32 or in my, you know, before of me not believing when, when people like it's like, yo, I I that was not what it was like for me coming up. Same way for me. Like, this like, new, this whole like women being into me and like thinking I'm attractive and like like this is a new development in, in my in the span of my lifetime. It's even, it's, and you know what's <laughs> crazy? Like, okay, sure. Was I hit on when I was like 15, 16 by like creepy gross? Yeah, guys? that's not the same sure. thing. That's it's, it's always, I, I've yeah. never like truly, truly, truly within the last four years of my life have I been actively have I been, have people been attracted to me that I could be remotely attracted to? Like, Same. It's, Same. It's, it's Bobby, Bobby five for me. I'd say I'm like 26, 27. Yeah, no. Is I, when I was like, oh, oh, y'all, oh, y'all, y'all like actually really feeling me. Like, oh, oh shit. Okay. All right. Year old man with like his fly down. Oh my God. Please. Let's like truly, truly, truly. Um, but like even when you when you're taking it back that far, like I think for me a lot of the apprehension was like I was always the friend, like I was always always the friend. And I remember like if I think about um, like one of my very first like real crushes, um, <laughs> I don't I don't I didn't oh, tell a boy, I didn't tell a boy that I liked him until the eighth grade because we were grad okay. well, 
you know this because we were graduating and I was like, I'm never. Oh, like you always do. The like, this is the last time I might ever see you again in my life. So I'm going to tell you that I had undying love for you the entire time I knew you. And then I I told Clive Lyons that I had a crush on him. Oh, full government. See, I just hit with the first. Okay, we got it out there. (laughs) I was about to do the full government too, but I was like, let me respect their. And then he told me that my fifth grade teacher, Miss Cruz, told him that I liked him. So he. Teacher knew. Well, because she was like my, like, I've always had a really good relationship with old people. I don't know. Okay. Well, so you were spilling. Art. You were spilling yeah, the beans with she was, she was the she was she the teacher. Like, after school, I would go to her house I and see. my parents would pick me up from her house. So I like see. that was my homegirl for real, for real. I got you. Um, like my mother gave her permission to beat me, and she told me that regularly. And I was oh, like, Miss Cruz, okay, like, all right, all right, mother. And my mother confirmed. She said, "If you get out of line, this is what we're doing right now." <laughs> anyway, so after that, I was like, well, fuck, I gotta really pay attention to who I'm telling my business to. But I remember prior to him, the person that I was like most in love with in elementary mm. school was Nikita Johnson. And he. Nikita, Nikita, Nikita Johnson. Johnson. Okay. This was my first Trini. Okay. Yeah, so it was a thing. Anyway. Okay. So, um, but he and I were like best friends and he had a crush on my really close friend and like would ask me to like, help yeah, him yeah. and maybe yeah. that I am because I just want to be as close to him as possible. I did yeah. it. That happened to me. That happened to me, particularly with the last one, Michelle in high school. Oh man, you 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 bringing up some repressed emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what it was. Because I had the biggest crush on her, but she was had a crush on on my boy Naji, who's one of like my good friends. And I was like, oh, my heart, my 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 fifteen year old heart can't take this. <laughs> so weird because he never like they never fucking did anything, and he would always uh, talk to me and always hang out with me, and I was like, so yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I got you. I mean, I there were not there were there were no boys in high school. Like none. Mm -hmm. Um, and then college, like it kind of felt the same way where like I would and I this is what I found out. Capricorns apparently we fall deeper for a person that we have a friendship with. Like we prefer relationships oh yeah no that's that for sure yeah i didn't know that this was a a sign thing but that is like Mm -hmm. that's where i feel the most comfortable because i feel like by the time things get intimate with us we already have a foundation where i know that you care and respect me yep yep. right um so there would be times where i would you know foster a relationship with somebody Mm-hmm. care about them they sincerely care about me and i would be interested in you know pursuing something more intimately and then mm-hmm. i would find out that maybe they're engaging with other people which is fine do your thing but then mm-hmm. like you can still confide in me and spend time with me and all these kind of things and then like later on when i graduate i would tell them that i have a question they'd be like well I like you. years later i've met you <laughs> time but i didn't know that you liked me and i was like well why didn't you say anything to me and i i always felt like the boy was the person to initiate and that That happened to me too one of what this the who was a friend more of of like an acquaintance in college who years later 
hit me up with that. I was like, wait, you you should have told me this then. We could have, you know, I can't act on this information now. Right. Or I definitely would I definitely would have at the time if you just let me know, you know? Yeah. Um, um so that's one thing that I would absolutely do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I know I, 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 I see this one on there, which is why the only reason I'm gonna I'm gonna point it out. Cause mm-hmm. I, I see that you you were saying that you sometimes wonder if you'd actually move to Paris. Is this is this going back to last year when you yeah. were kind of flirting with the idea of moving? Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, this one's fresh. Well, I've been no, I've been thinking about making this this pilgrimage for at least six years now. Oh, so you Paris specifically or just Paris. leaving the US? Oh, okay. Yeah. Paris specifically. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. And then hey, I, that's still in play. That ain't going nowhere. Exactly. No, you're yeah. asking, that, that ain't going nowhere. The EU was not allowing any Americans into their country right now, oh. but Hopefully. I'll put it out there right now. You, at some point in your life, will oh. live in Paris. I hope so. Done. Even, even Done. if it's for a year or two. Like, I, yeah. that's what I really want it'll, to do. It'll happen. Especially because it's something that's been on your mind for so long. That for yeah. your, your Paris is New Orleans for me. Ah, I absolutely ooh. have to live in New Orleans at some point in my life. Beautiful. Hopefully it's soon. But even if it's not, even if it's when I'm older, it just, it just has to happen. It's nice to that's yeah, at some point, I have to have said that I lived in New Orleans, lived and worked and created in New Orleans. So that that's on the list. Maybe before I write off this fuck this fuck ass country, that'll be my last stop. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, I know one kind of last big one on my side. Um, yeah. and this one, I think that's what maybe I don't know if you've even realized a lot of these for me end in college or or end like right after grad school in terms of like my big regrets this is what i'm i'm uh, just kind of realizing yeah because and 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 i'll we'll go into on the second half of this uh of the podcast we'll go into why that is um but fast forward to my uh last semester of grad school so this is now spring of 2014 um i was in the process of applying, because, you know, just like you do when you're a senior at any level, you're kind of thinking, all right, what's next? What am I doing next? Mm -hmm. So I had applied to this really prestigious fellowship with the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. And for all of our listeners and, you know, the majority of listeners who are not from the tri-state and might not be familiar, what the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey do is they control and run all of the the major ports of entry Mm -hmm. in New York, and New Jersey. So that's uh, JFK, LaGuardia, New, you know, EWR, Newark Airport. Same with the bridges. They also run and maintain those. So it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this was even in play for me was like, was really good. Cause mind you, this is a fellowship that thousands of people apply to, oh, wow. but they only end up picking, I, I forget the exact number, but it was under 10 people is what they end up picking. From the wow. thousand, yeah. So the the selection rate is it's super competitive, okay. and I had made it all the way to the last round of mm-hmm. the of the vetting process or the application process, um, and so now it it literally had come down to me and like maybe fifteen other people, and they were making their final round of selections, and right around that time. Um, this is March of 2014. I actually ended up being charged with a DUI. And I don't know if I've ever even told you no, about this. wait a minute. Yeah. 
Yeah, and actually, it was it was really it was very triggering for me hearing the story and the details of Rayshard Brooks, um, because the, the circumstances of how I got a DUI are literally basically identical to what happened with Rayshard Brooks, um, minus the fact that I wasn't at a Wendy's; I was at a Seven Eleven. And I wasn't actually, you know, I think with Rayshard, he his his he had actually fallen asleep like in the in the, the in the drive through line. Mm-hmm. I was actually just parked in front of the Seven Eleven. Because mind you, down down south, Seven um, Elevens aren't just convenience stores; they're also gas stations. Right, right. A lot when we see them up here in 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 the city, they're just convenience stores; mm-hmm. they're not gas stations. But down south, they actually are full blown. And, and other parts of the country as well. They're actually full-blown gas stations. So uh, I've been out with my friends. And I, actually, not I've been out. We, I'd gone to a... Uh, we'd all met up at one of our friend our friend uh, Mark's place, not far from my apartment. Um, mind you, I, I had no business being on the road. Like, just to get that out the way. Like, I absolutely was, like, under the influence. And and I, I, I definitely, you know, had no business driving. Um but what happened is I went to the 7-Eleven to get some munchies. You know, I was hungry. Um, I did that, went back into my car, ate, and then I just I dozed off, just fell asleep. Because the thing with me, when I'm drunk, I don't I don't vomit. I'm not like one of those people who's like throwing up very, everywhere. Yes. You you are? Yes. You're a vomiter? No. No, no, no. no. I get very sleepy. I've, oh, you I get very sleepy. Yeah. For me, that's my ministry with drinking. Yeah. I just get tired. And like... I'm I'm notorious. If you ask my best friends or anyone who knows me, especially in college, like I'll tap the fuck out anywhere, like at a on someone's couch, at a party, like wherever, wherever I get settled. Um, so I fell asleep in my car, in my driver's seat. Um, woke up to a police officer tapping on my window, and I'm like, oh shit, what now? You know, mind you, I'm thinking I didn't think I didn't think I was in any amount of trouble. I just figured. They probably were trying to make sure that I was good. You know, right. I wasn't like dead in the car or something. But basically what had happened was the attendant of the 7-Eleven had called the police after seeing me in the car, like knocked out for like an hour. And my best guess is, I, I, I don't know, and I'll never know, but my best guess is they probably did the call out of like a safety thing, out of anything. Like, damn, this nigga, this, nigga, this nigga hasn't moved in a while. Like, is he is he good? Is he all right? Yeah. Um. But anyhow, Florida, Florida and Arizona, those two states have two of the strictest DUI laws, mm. and they they um, they prosecute them very aggressively in those two states. And I think I forget if it's Rhode Island. There's one state up here north that's also really strict about it. But basically, the way the Florida's DUI criminal um, law is written on the books is that it includes an actual physical control element. And I imagine that might be the case of what was happening in Georgia too with Rayshard. Mm-hmm. Because under Florida law, actual physical control is all it takes for you to be charged with a DUI. You don't actually have to be on the road and driving. Oh, wow. And the way that they define actual physical control is having the apparent ability, and I'm quoting here, having the apparent ability to immediately operate the vehicle while intoxicated. Okay. So meaning the fact if that you, you're in the car. Yeah, if you're in the car, if, even if the keys are not in the ignition. So mm-hmm. that's that was the case for me. The keys weren't in the ignition. The keys were like on the seat next to me. But even that was enough to meet the standard in Florida 
of of being culpable, you know, of of getting the DUI. And and I, as upset as I was at the time that I was in that circumstance, that I was getting a DUI when I wasn't even driving. Right. If I'm being completely honest with myself, I was probably due for that because God knows how many times in college yeah. I was driving when I was under the influence countless times. If anything, that was the universe. I was due. I was long overdue. You know what I'm saying? Wow, okay. But I think what was triggering for me with Ray Shard was just was putting two and two together. Like, yo, that's literally the exact, yeah. the exact same circumstances minus mine being a gas station and with Ray Shard him being at a Wendy's. And I was like, yo, that's crazy that that very easily could have been me. You know what I mean? And especially down south, I mean, fuck, the the police don't play anywhere. But down south, them niggas are even more trigger happy than they are anywhere else uh, besides maybe NYPD. You know, that's all I can think of north of the Mason-Dixon line. And Minneapolis also, I think a lot of people don't realize, had a really bad history. Um, But anyway, I'm saying all this to say that uh, as a result of getting that DUI, when I, when I, cause you know, when you're doing these application process, they ask if you have any like pending litigation or anything like that. I had to put that down. Oh. Now they didn't tell me explicitly that this is the reason why I wasn't selected, but, you- but I, I'm, I'm almost positive that, that that's what it would be. Cause I killed it. I killed the interview. Any of the interviews I had, I did well. That really was the only thing that changed in between the span of time of me being considered and me not being, you know what I mean? So for a lot of time, for a long time, that really, that really ate at me. Cause I was like, yo, fuck, like here I was, d- did really well in grad school. Uh, my, you know, my, I was, my thesis was already, I'd already defended my thesis and I was, uh, you know, good to go on that side. Literally, I was one stop away from like just starting off my career with a, a at a really prestigious fellowship mm-hmm. at an organization that in many ways for my career field was like the pinnacle you know what i mean yeah. like this is it i'd have been set if i had that fellowship i would have been set because i'd have been coming fresh out of school it you know at, at an organization that a lot of people don't make their way to until maybe mid career you know what i mean mm-hmm. so for like a good i would say a good like two or three yeah, probably two, almost three years after, that shit ate at me, bro. Like, just like, fuck. Like, like I, I, in my, I was like, yo, I, I literally fucked up my whole future yeah. off of one stupid night, you know. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it, it was really hard for me to come to terms with the fact that I had swindled or just kind of pissed away my entire future. Because then I was like, because then I, I had after that was on my record it was really hard for me when I was doing job applications at that point because I always had to disclose that. I had mm-hmm. to put that on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, so that that really set me back for a, a while. I, I think it really wasn't until like 2017 probably where I was like, yo, I just got to let that go. Like that, 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 that door is more or less closed in terms of like aviation being a potential career path. I just got to start thinking of like, what else? You know what I mean? And I think that's right around the time um, that I started like dabbling with photography. And, you know, in in retrospect, in hindsight, you know, things definitely all worked out the way they were intended to. Mm -hmm. But 
it was hell those three years or and going through it and just having to live with the fact that like you know everything that i'd built up to from from like 13 literally to like what how old was i when i graduated grad school 26 so like for a good 10 plus years everything i had put my energy my focus my attention to was now you know gone like it was just not in play anymore and that was that was really hard to to come to terms with. I'm 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 in a good place now, but that 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 those were some really dark years and some dark times for me mentally, like just having to come to to terms with all that. For sure, and no, I can I can only imagine, and like even kind of hearing it, it feels dev- like I'm devastated for you. So I can only imagine what you were going through during that time. And thank you so much for sharing that. Cause that's, that's super personal and like very vulnerable. So. Yeah. And I, I don't bring it up a whole lot. I think the, the, my close friends know about the whole, the whole situation. I think what made it come more into my mind again was just hearing the detail of Rachel Brooks. And I was like, that's sure. like, that could have been me easily could have been me, yeah. you know, cause shit at, at, at the, the, the state of mind I was in, I was, I was intoxicated. I was inebriated. Who knows if I, would have done something like rash or, or not really well thought out, like grabbing the taser or like trying to run. I easily could have made that a yeah. similar decision. Yeah. And who I very well might not be here having this conversation with you right now. You know what I mean? I very well could have been a hashtag in in, in a long line of, you know, of other hashtags at the time. Well, yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that like outside of everything that we've talked about, of course, people, other folks have regrets. And this is something that I am currently working on. So when I, when, when I knew that we we're going to have this conversation, trying to look up articles and things to kind of, you know, deal with any feelings you may have about regrets that you have, or what if questions that are still rumbling in your head. Um, and it was actually a little hard to get like some really good information, but I oh really? There wasn't a lot of stuff floating out there, shit. Because this is a human condition, regret, and I'm surprised there wasn't like a whole bunch of stuff floating around. Yeah, there were there were a lot of articles, but a lot of them felt like super scientific, and like the tips and tricks didn't were like sure, but like is this really helpful kind of stuff? Okay, okay. It was hard for me to find like something. At least I the the article that I'm going to share with you guys today is from HuffPost, um, and it was um, I don't know if I think. Christine Hassler, who was the contributor, she's a life coach, professional speaker, and author, and a Gen Y expert. Yeah, I, I saw that on the on the outline. I was like, what does that mean? That's the thing that we are now. People can. And what and what is Gen? What is I've never even heard of Gen Y. What is Gen Y? I don't know, but I I feel Christine, like Christine, are you making shit up? What's Gen Y, Christine? It could, it could be like <laughs> uh, the ones between Millennial and Z. Oh, there is no in between. There's they literally went from one to the next. <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna have to look that one up because when I saw it, I was like, "Wait, what?" Seen a little bail here because when she, I saw that too. I was like, "Girl, what?" Maybe mm-hmm. your information is not credible, but this article was actually really good. It's on Huffington Post, and we could definitely share it with you guys. Yep. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of there were like two, three main um, tips that they shared that I thought were like really, really helpful. Um, but even before we get into that, there was a, the first sentence that like really spoke to me was, um, understand that when you are experiencing regret, you are evaluating a situation that happened in the past with awareness you have in the present. 
Say uh, that again. I will. Two more times. Because that's 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 it. That's yeah. golden right there. Yeah. So understand that when you are experiencing regret, you are evaluating a situation that happened in the past mm-hmm. with the awareness you have in the present. Yes. Uh, and a lot of times we forget that. For sure. And they continue. It is totally unfair and unreasonable to take what you know now and use it to beat yourself up for what you did for what you didn't know when uh, then didn't know then, excuse me, Um, which is something that I literally within probably the last few weeks have been coming to grips with because it has been I, I don't know why I didn't understand like why this all felt so hard for me, but like mm. I am a completely different person than I was when I was 15, 16, 21, 25. Um, and I think it is so unfair and like also like illogical for you to kind of, you know, hanger in on decisions that you made with less information like we've been you have now yeah it's it's like an impossible standard yeah. to operate by but we but we do it to ourselves all, all the time. time all the time yeah all the time so if there is anything that you take away from this episode please understand that um and then she also shared that the wonderful thing about regret is that it gets your attention and offers you a tremendous opportunity for learning and transformation. But in order to do that, you have to let go of the shoulda, woulda, couldas. And I think that's what this time has been for me with having to kind of really reassess my life in like a very practical sense of like not Mm -hmm. being able to do the things that I usually want to do or go places or see people. Like my life, all of our lives have tremendously changed. Um, And I think having all of this time has given me an opportunity to even pay attention to maybe some of the the thoughts, regrets, what ifs I've had. Um, And I am hoping to learn from this this current uh, space that I'm in with all the conversations that I've been having with myself. But Mm -hmm. I, I, also want to let go of my what if questions like we that segment that we just did about like kind of sharing our past regrets yeah some of our big ones I yeah literally have done that for a day like there are so okay. i was okay even in preparation for this this conversation there were so many other like smaller ones or maybe mm-hmm. things that were may not seem very significant to other people but definitely play a role in who i am now or just things that kind of pop into my head where I don't, I don't want to do that to myself. All of this kind of like play, playing the, the, um, what playback. Playing out all these different yeah. scenarios and like, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like there are times where I'll send a text message to somebody and then I'll reread it and be like, why did I say that? Or like, mm-hmm. like just all of, or couldn't I have said this or, and I mean, I, I think that there's, that's a, like, it's okay to question yourself or like to think you know, critically about decisions that you make. I think that that's fine. But like living in the past and like past decisions is not healthy. And I'm I'm literally doing that. And I feel sick at times. Like it is, it's, it's painful. It's very, I've had some nights where I've, you know, been sitting here kind of doing this work and, you know, you just get very emotional and you kind of get down on yourself and then you're not productive the next day. So like, it's, it's something that I want, I do want to let go of my shoulda, woulda, coulda. I want to let go of my what if questions. Um, and so yeah, there- and I have, uh, I have a few things that helped me 
kind of get to that point and, I, and I'll, I'll share it a little bit later on. yeah that, um kind of you're definitely in a better place now with even thinking about these things than maybe i am yeah because um, i think after going through that that three-year window of just literally like i was in such bad shape man across yeah. the board whether it was like my love life whether it was like career-wise or or the lack thereof really yeah. and truly was the 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 thing that was more pressing i think coming out on the other side of that i was like i'm i'm just never gonna let myself be in that space again sure. that's why that's why my list really stops after that because after that and after i like kind of picked up some tools and learned some new things when it comes to this whole regret or the the shoulda coulda wouldas it really put me in a better place so so yeah well well what were what were some of the steps that um christine kind of offered like did she give yeah. some some things yeah. that people could do so uh the first tip that she shared was look for the lessons um mm -hmm. take some time to do some journaling what uh about what you learned from whatever it is that you're regretting uh what did you learn from your what did you learn about yourself what did you learn about someone else what patterns do you see what are you noticing about your reactions and responses all situations in life are rich with learning um and that is this is this is the work that i'm doing like literally after i started <laughs> this list i was like okay kind of like it can't, it gave a name to kind of some of the things that I've been doing and even kind of in the conversation that we've been having earlier about like understanding that even though we started our we turned our passions into careers later on in life like there was a lesson in in even that um, absolutely kind of coming to those realizations uh, one thing that I absolutely need to figure out are the patterns that I'm continuing to find myself in um mm -hmm. And that's something that I really want to focus on. So like really just understanding that um, you, there are no L's and the L's that we kind of do go through are just lessons, learning opportunities. Yes. Um, if it is an L, it stands for lesson. Exactly. And not a loss. And not a yeah. loss. Yeah. As long as you are here, there's opportunity for you to grow and for you to do better and to do to different if that's something that you're interested in doing. And mm -hmm. so like, if you find yourself in a situation where you're regretting a decision that you made or didn't make, find a lesson um, in, in, in that, that feeling of regret and maybe even a pattern of the way that you move. Like, honestly, even in this conversation, like, I think that's why I got so emotional in the beginning of it was mm -hmm. I don't think that I've sat down and tried to figure out, like, why am I this way? Why do mm -hmm. I feel this way? Um, mm -hmm. Where did I learn that from if I, yep. if, if I did? And yep. that realization um, and having it be connected to somebody that I admire so much is it's it's a little painful, but also um, it's a step now for me to kind of do even more work. And so kind of learning and looking for those lessons is definitely something that I would encourage you guys to do. For sure. For sure. Um, number two is take action. Regret keeps us stuck in the past. So ask yourself, what do you need to do right now to support yourself in moving forward? Is there support you need? Is there a conversation you need to have? Are there some boundaries you need to set and hold yourself accountable to? This is also a thing that I need to do a lot more of and be better at. Um, definitely when it comes to um, setting some boundaries, I also feel like... Um, and we've kind of talked about this maybe off mic, but like learning to be able to rely on people, asking for help, understanding Ooh, wait, that. Wait, I have to I have to rely on people? 
I gotta ask niggas for help. Yeah, it's what? A thing. yeah. That's the thing um, people do. So even I, mean, I, yeah, I said this in the beginning too. Like I know now that I cannot close out 2020 without at least having one therapist session, one consultation. Oh, I won't let you. I, I I absolutely won't let you. No, not the rest of the year. Shit, that's six months from now. Nah, I'm not letting you get that far. No way. Not when we've been talking about this for like a year now. No way. I know. I know. No so, way. But under, like, I think, at least for me, I feel like I'll get into these, you know, I'll have these lows where I know that I need help and then something will happen to distract me or something, mm. or I would, you know, have some sort of an achievement where and my life is quote unquote good. And then I feel like I don't, I'm good. I don't need it anymore. And then, mm-hmm. it, you know, so these are the patterns that I'm finding myself in. Yes. Um, yes. Kind of well, being, being able to identify the patterns is already a step in the right direction. Well, thank you. Because I think that's where a lot of confusion and frustration happens is in the lack of self-awareness to even know that you're stuck in in a pattern. You know what I mean? So if you're already at a place where you can identify that there's some running patterns and themes in your life, you're you're already kind of heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but I know that I need, this is work that I cannot do by myself. And so seeking out support with a therapist is definitely top of mind. Mm-hmm. A huge goal for 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, is that uh, I love this. Is there a conversation you need to have? And I think, at least for me, a lot of my regrets um, go hand in hand with the relationships that I currently have. And a lot of them have sustained because I haven't been as forthcoming as maybe I need to or want to out of. So you're, holding, you're biting your tongue. I am out of fear of losing this relationship or or, or having it turn on its head and be something very different. But as a quick time out, I don't know, you, you, you might be, you, you're probably doing this unknowingly, but, but what you're doing when you allow that to happen is basically what you're doing is you're reaffirming with yourself that your needs, your desires don't matter. Yeah. You're basically telling yourself, hey, Nana, you know, you you feel uncomfortable by this, but that doesn't matter. What matters is this person's happiness or this person's perspective. Yeah. And again, it's 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 it, ha- it happens subconsciously, but it's it's dangerous because over time doing that over and over, it seeps in until now. That's your reality. That's what you think to be true when it shouldn't be true, you know. So I, I I would encourage you and anyone listening who maybe isn't might you know have that um, that same truth as you is to really sit with that for a second because that's what you're doing when you, when that's what boundaries help to do boundaries help to to reaffirm for yourself even your own values and what you hold to be important for yourself so when you're letting people consistently infringe on that. You're, what you're basically telling to yourself is that you don't respect yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it really is what it comes down to. If if you're not able to, and, and it goes both ways. If you're not able to maintain or uphold the boundaries that you set for other people or the ones that you set for yourself, mm-hmm. it, it, that basically comes to a it comes down to a respect thing or a values thing. You don't value yourself, or you don't respect yourself enough to do that. For and sure. the Nana I know absolutely does. <laughs> respect and value herself so that just has to come out 
by holding people accountable and, and yourself accountable yeah. Yeah, to, to think, for that. Does that make sense? No, we did. We It does make sense. And we had a conversation and you know, I think you're aware of the conversation that you know I need to have. Yes. Where, um, you, you told me that this particular person is never going away. And so no, I need to not. decide. It's on you. What is like, and I think a lot of the time, and be, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I'm not going to put this on a, a woman thing. But I think for me, the fear of the change, the fear of the difference, mm-hmm. like I am fully aware that if I come to him and have mm. this conversation, things are not going to be the same. You think which, that. Which, you don't know that to be it true. Could, it could also be, it could it could not be the same for a good reason. Exactly. Like, I am exactly. Always, I'm always leaning towards the like the negative or yeah. the yeah. yeah. And I the I, worst I, case scenario. Worst case scenario. And I'm mm-hmm. also trying to like change my mind's eye for that. Yep. But, yep. Um, regardless of what happens, I know I need to have this conversation um and set some real boundaries that I uphold because that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the only person you're right I'm not valuing myself I I am upholding I'm putting this person on a higher pedestal than I yes am. yes so, yes just and don't do that yeah. don't put no one else above <laughs> you except awesome. for you as a woman of the cloth that's right. God and Jesus that's it out part apart from that you are next on that line it shouldn't be anyone else you're right uh, above that you're right. Um, <laughs> it looks then, like she has one more, right? Yes. Finally, Christine tells us to forgive ourselves. Forgive yourself. Very she important. Says, this is the most important and often the most challenging part. Mm. We all make so-called mistakes. Remember mm. that you are a human being, so stop placing an expectation. Let me just go down. Sorry, y'all. Oh, no worries. An expectation on yourself that you are supposed to get it right. All and even mind you, the right was it was in quotations too. Because what does right mean? Yeah, again, I'm happy. I'm happy that Christine did that. Because what does quote unquote right mean? It, that's the, these are constructs that we cook up in our heads that, that we make in our minds. You know. So she she concludes with remember the truth. You did the best you could. You did the best you could. You did the best you could with what you knew at the time. Exactly. So yeah. and she told she said if you need to write that down somewhere, put mm-hmm. it on your mirror, say it every night, mm-hmm. um, do that. Because I think that that kind of comes back to the beating up on yourself. It's like you have like the unex you have this unrealistic expectation that you're supposed to this is how life works. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of us, whether it's society, whether it's our family, whether it's cultural, traditional norms, we there is a quote unquote blueprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and if my blueprint, if my life doesn't look as close to the blueprint as possible, then I fucked up somewhere. Yes, there's and, something wrong with you. You're right. deficient somewhere right. or somehow. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think honestly, it isn't really until this generation. And I can't talk about generations past because I wasn't there where it feels like we're giving people the opportunity to write, create their own blueprint. Like fuck whatever has been going on in the past. Everybody gets their own piece of paper. 
Yep. Go crazy. And yeah, go crazy. Yeah. Have some fun with it. Yeah, make, make make it a life that that you're happy with. For sure. And I think you know, 32 is not old. Mm -hmm. I sometimes I, remind myself that even times <laughs> when I do feel a little old. I, I the grand scheme of things. Not yes. This is yeah. I, this, this is kind of or a little past the third way point of our perspective like, yeah. <laughs> potential lives. If I had this opportunity even in my mid 20s mm -hmm. like a woman that I would be at 32 would be head and shoulders above what I am now and I think but even that is an unhealthy conversation to have because mm -hmm. it it doesn't it doesn't matter what could have been what what we have right now the fact that I've even like you said you've even you can recognize you know the patterns you can recognize you need help you can mm -hmm. get of that grace all of all of those all of that work having it at any age at 50 at 60 at whatever that also gives you opportunity every single day that you get to wake up and breathe air is another opportunity for you to grow absolutely and i i think that like after reading this article definitely after having this conversation with you and like living in this current space of mind i am incredibly exciting excited to see who i'll be in the next six months to a year oh yeah um, i see I, I i've shit i've been watching you blossom in the span of time since i've known you really? yeah. yeah so no i'm 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 just as equally excited to see what's in store for you uh this next couple months or couple years because i feel like i feel like uh similar to me because i think the, uh, the the same applies to me in some regards i feel like I'm starting, and 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 mind you, this was advice or or knowledge that I heard from a lot of my friends who are already into their thirties. Was that like a lot of things don't really start to settle and crystallize really <laughs> until like you're you're maybe maybe if you're lucky you're really like your late twenties, but for a lot of folks it's really that like early to mid thirties or just your thirties in general. Of when, like, you really figure out, like, all right, all right, oh, okay, so this is who I am, and it's okay that this is who I am, and it's okay that I'm kind of making a life for myself that might be different than the blueprint that you spoke about. So I think I'm excited, as, as definitely for you and 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 myself as well, just like because I feel like we're both on the cusp of like really fully like being who we actually are. You know, who we actually know ourselves to be and maybe we've been holding back on it you know for whatever reason absolutely and like yeah. even in um this will probably be my last point about what we're talking about right now but like even with what you're saying like when you were talking i was just thinking like all of the things that i knew that i that i knew that i wanted by the time i was 32 a husband some kids i don't know that if if those things had come to fruition that i would have the time to mm -hmm. kind of have these conversations mm -hmm. that i would my that i would be it took me not having to go to like just not having to go to work to yeah. find sit down and have these conversations with myself if i was responsible for our family like yeah imagine to do that and yeah. that's something that i know that i wanted by this time and it's like yeah. what i've ever what I've ever gotten here. And so like, even if, if, if those that, things, if the things that you wanted actually happened, right. <laughs> would you, yeah. even then, would you be where you are now? No, that's yeah. a good, that's a good, that's a good point. So. And, and I think, and, and thank you for, for finding that, um, that piece again, that was called, it's the three-step process that will support you in fully moving out of regret. 
Yep, this was from uh, yeah over Huffington Post, and we we will share that out for anyone who might be a new listener. We anytime uh, we mention or we reference something, I always include that in our episode bio or episode description. It's under the cheat sheet section. I always put the link to these, so you're you're welcome to kind of dig these up and 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 you know read them in their in their entirety. Um, but just the the last point that you made there, I think it, it ties into the two concepts that I wanted to kind of introduce the conversation. I think a lot of times here, in particularly in the West, and and our obsession, um, it's 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 multifaceted. It's not just one thing. I I, I and if you were to ask me my opinion, I think it's two things. I think for one, our obsession with hyper individualism is mm. a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Very a lot of our a lot of our mindset and our thinking and our socializing is mm. very much about me, 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 me. Like, what do I need to do that benefits me at all times? Yep. And I think I think the pandemic is forcing us to reckon with some of those paradigms because I think we're finally realizing that none of these they're they're not sustainable and they're not healthy. You know what I mean? On any front, whether we're talking about mentally, physically, uh, environmentally, you know, all of these things. Um, but I think another part of it as well, and maybe this isn't something that's just unique to us here in the West, but I think it's something that we kind of lean into maybe more than 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 they do in the East, is we also have an obsession with perfectionism mm. and, and an obsession with, and that's why I mentioned earlier when we started the the, the episode, we we've been we very much are destination oriented here in the mm-hmm. West. Mm-hmm. All of our attention and energy is, and that's it's it's a spill out of our obsession with productivity. That's what I meant when I said all these things are intertwined. It, um, we have an obs- obsession with being productive. Output. That's how we think and measure ourselves and measure our our success. So with us being so focused on the destination, we very rarely, if ever, think about the in between. We very rarely think about the journey that it takes to get to these places. Um, And so one one thing that I came across, this was actually 2017. um, And this was after a real bad breakup. It's the one I always talk about (laughs) on our podcast. Um, The one that kind of got me going in terms of trying to figure out like, yo, what the fuck is going on? I need to figure this shit out, right? The patterns that you were talking about. Like I keep finding myself being completely shattered when I'm walking out some of my romantic relationships. Like, what, what's going on here? Oh. And I came across this Hindu goddess. Um, and and I think I've spoken about this before on the podcast. I've always been really drawn to mythology in general, mm-hmm. especially Greek and Roman mythology, and just the, the traditions and stories that uh, same there's so many that are even on our continent in Africa from from our our literally thousands of different tribes that we come from um i've just always enjoyed them so much more than what is offered to us here in the west and and that's you know and again forgive me i know i'm bashing on i'm bashing on on your good god and jesus forgive me you know but just a lot of and really, it's it's not anything that's unique to Christianity. It's just the whole idea of monotheism, meaning having one God, which is what it is for us here in the West, whether we're talking about Judeo-Christianity, you know, or whether we're talking about 
um, uh, the, the Islam, same deal. You know, it's monotheistic. And a lot of what happens when, uh, just as a quick aside, when you have monotheistic traditions or religions, a lot of that is rooted in, it, a lot of them are punitive in nature. When we think about uh, Christianity, it's heaven and hell. You know, it's very okay. black and white. It's very binary. You know, you do good, great. You go to heaven. You do bad, you burn in hell forever. You yeah. know what I mean? And even the 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 figure that we uphold, if we're talking about Christianity as an example, is Jesus, who was perfect. That's what we learn about him. He never sinned. He mm-hmm. never had any blemish on his on the time that he was here on earth. And that's that's what we all aspire to is right. trying to be like Jesus. Yeah. 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 Because we're always remind you, I grew up in the church, so I know those I know this. We're always reminded how bad we are and how how we fall so short of the cross. You know, I know all of these, you know, I know all of the lines that that we're that were yeah. that were it given. Um but that all oh, that never that never sat well with me because that's just not true to the human condition. We're all we're the human condition is is rooted in in our infallibility and 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 how we make mistakes and we we grow from them and hopefully learn we're, from them. We're not all just one thing. Yeah, sure. and that's what I always loved about the the traditions you see across the world. A lot of their um, mysticism or or mythology is rooted in more than one god and each of these gods having their own unique story that mm-hmm. that kind of adds to the canon if you will and in hinduism they have a goddess um her name is it's a mouthful mm-hmm. i'm trying to see it's, it's a it's a kilan deshwari is is it's her name um and ishvari in sanskrit means goddess or female power and Akilanda means essentially never not broken. So mm. basically, when you put those two concepts together, what she mean, what, what her name means is the always broken goddess. Wow. Or another way I've seen it described is the goddess of never not broken. And I love that phrase. And just the 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 just the the double negative that's mm-hmm. that's that's baked in because that's the core of who she is. And I'll and I'll just give a a back uh, like a description of her so basically the way she's dis- she's always depicted in hindu mythology she's standing on a crocodile and i put the picture there so you're probably seeing it and i'll share it in our story this week and you usually see her w- uh, like her her form broken up she's mm-hmm. not whole it's all these different parts that make her up um and basically akilanda derives her power from being broken She's always in flux. She's always pulling herself apart, living in different constant selves at the same time from never being a whole that has limitations. So that's where her power is rooted in. She's she's a shapeshifter. She's never one fully formed and crystallized version of herself. So at any given time, she has these different versions that are that are, you know, in her existence or a part of her reality. And that I always loved that that depiction or that that kind of narrative, because that's so true to us at any given time. There's so many different versions of ourselves that are that are living, sometimes not living 
harmoniously. Sometimes there's different parts of our psyche and different parts of our personality that very much are at odds with each other. But even then, that's still a part of our story. Even those parts of ourselves that we seem that we think are are in in direct conflict, that's still a part of what makes us us. Um, and going back to, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just like I'm I'm so unfamiliar. Oh um, yeah, and, and, and so kind of I'm ab- absorbing a lot of this now. So like, if you're if you're not hearing from me, it's not because I'm like no, I'm just no, like trying to because no, I no. think like the thing that like I. I kind of love about this is like the, and I think you had alluded to it, the never becoming a whole, like it gives yes. you so many it's opportunities a- to kind of like not live different lives. Cause like you're saying, these are all a part of that mm. one same person that if we're kind of using mm. ourselves as a, um, um, kind of an analogy for ourselves, but it's like giving yourself the opportunity to kind of explore all the different facets of your person maybe I'm not reading it or I'm not internalizing it correctly, but like, that's how I'm kind of getting it is like the opportunity to kind of live all the different parts of your person um, and not kind of feeling succumb to being this one thing. Yes, I agree with you. I think her story is a really good way to remember that um, we can definitely honor all the different parts of ourselves that make us but i think even more so than that i think what i love about um akilanda is that she also owns who she was as well it's not just looking to the future or the present it's it's very much also her past is also Hmm. kind of like a part of her story so i'll just go into this little excerpt i found this was from the article is called the goddess of never not broken and it was from a website called Science and Non-Duality. Okay. Um, so basically what it says, the thing about going through sudden or scary or sad transitions, um, like a breakup or anything that would kind of lead to the conversation that we've yeah. had about, you know, something that you could regret, basically. Right. Is that one of the things you lose is your future. Mm. Your expectations oh, of what the story of your life so far was going to become. When you lose that partner or that job or that person, your future dissolves in front of you. And of course, this is terrifying. (laughs) But look, Akilanda says, now you get to make a choice in pieces. And that's an important part there. In pieces, in a pile on the floor with no idea how to go forward, your expectations of the future are meaningless. Mm. Your stories about the past do not apply. You are in flux. You are changing. You are growing in a new way. And this is an incredibly powerful opportunity to become new again, to choose how you want to put yourself back together. Confusion can be an incredible teacher. How could you ever learn if you already had it all figured out? This goddess has another interesting attribute, which, of course, is her ride of choice, a crocodile. (laughs) And this is also this also ties in too. Crocodiles are interesting in two ways. Firstly, the crocodile represents our reptilian brain, which is where we feel fear. Secondly, the predatory power of a crocodile is not located in their huge jaws, but rather that they pluck their prey from the banks of the river, take it into the water, and spin it until it is disoriented. They use the power of spin rather than brute force to feed themselves. 
By riding on this spinning, predatory, fearsome creature, Akilanda refuses to reject her fear, nor does she let it control her. She rides on it. Mm. She gets on this animal that lives inside the river, inside the flow. She takes her fear down to the river and uses its power to navigate the waves and spins in the never not broken water. Akilanda shows us that this too is beautiful. And I love, I love, I'm actually going to get, I've been thinking about this since I learned about her. I'm absolutely going to get a tattoo of Akilanda at some point because that's how much her story resonates with me and just uh-huh. what she stands for. Wow. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if you'd ever, and that's the thing, even in even in the Hindu tradition, she's one of the lesser gods. Like she's not like Vishnu or one of these bigger it. ones. Mm-hmm. She's one of like the smaller ones where like you know if you know kind of thing. No, but she's she's bad as fuck. She is. is. She is. Yeah. And I can completely understand how this, especially in a time where literally, like she said, like you see your future Mm -hmm. disintegrate in Mm -hmm. front of you. Like it's Mm -hmm. all gone. Mm -hmm. And how this could have helped you kind of put yourself back together or in like or in a new way just start anew and that is the part i think that you kind of in the first section before we got to the crocodiles that like really resonated with me like Mm -hmm. you a lot of the time like i can think of similar instance in my life where i've been just broken like Mm -hmm. have no idea oh i've been there how to what (laughs) to do when i wake up how to move where to go what my next step is and um and i think you had alluded to this kind of in the beginning and now i i can see where maybe this could have um now kind of learning about her and and seeing how much she's resonated I can see how maybe you've come to even share some of your advice with me it's like Mm -hmm. in that in that brokenness there's so much power and I don't I think a lot of work has to be done for you to even recognize that because I can think about losing my father Mm -hmm. or um not getting a job that I thought that I was going to get or getting fired. Like at those points in my life was where so much transition, so much growth, like Mm -hmm. a a completely new person forms. And I think if I, if I, this was a part of my history or I'd learned about this, um, I could kind of tie it to something. And so it's so interesting that I have kind of felt this in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now to know that it, it's a thing, like oh, I, absolutely. I'm kind of creating this in my mind is no. like kind of magical. No, and that's what I love about Eastern traditions. They they offer so much more dexterity when it comes to their deities. And there's just, a, especially if you're talking about like Hindus, and they have hundreds of gods, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I forgot to mention this earlier, but basically, um, um, Akilandashvari, she's the goddess who blesses disasters and grief. So think about that. Mm. That's that's when they conjure her yeah. name or when they bring her up. It's in, it's in those moments of despair of yeah. like, fuck, like I fucked up, like how am I moving past this? That's when they call on her because that's that's what she embodies. That's what she stands wow. for. Um, yeah, that that learning her story was such a game changer for me because it just it all clicked. Like you were just yeah. saying, like like how the goal is never to really become whole. The goal is just to to be able to live with 
the, you know, to live with your mistakes, to yeah. live with your fears, to live with the things that you wish you could do over, because those all are what give you your power. Any one of those pieces gone and you're not the same person. And and she physically represents that because yeah. even in her depiction, she's never a complete like formed body. Yeah, like I think when you first shared this picture, I didn't, I wasn't sure what I was looking at. Yeah, you're probably like, Wait, <laughs> what is going on here? And, like, what is up? And then, but like seeing like these glowing white, I mean, we're mm -hmm. of course going to share this. I'm yeah, sure we will. We will. Yeah. But like just now looking at all the empty space in between her, like mm -hmm. kind of understanding what that is as opposed to just like a pattern or something. Yep. So, yep. Um, yep. no, and like I'm also even thinking and this is I'm trying to get away from what if, but like a lot of a lot of this learning. There's mm -hmm. so much pain tied to getting to this place. Yeah, it's a part and of the process I, sometimes. Yeah. And I yeah. wonder if like, you know, having this a part of your tapestry, like your history, your culture, mm -hmm. kind of, um, it is yeah. reassuring kind mm -hmm. of like when you kind of, like you said, like they conjure her when somebody passes or mm -hmm. when there is, you know, um, some disaster hardship or something. Yeah. 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 And it's like knowing that this, this, because sometimes it feels like things happen to you and you just, you don't know, like, why me? Why mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. Why this? Mm -hmm. And to have, like, I know that I have a very close relationship to God. And so yeah. when I, when I do find myself in these painful situations, calling onto him and under, and knowing how much he has all the things he's taken me through and the way that he's kind of transformed negative experiences to me mm -hmm. has really helped in like getting through processes that are really hurtful. Yeah, for sure. Like, I can Faith only is imagine a big part of it. Yeah. Huge. But mm -hmm. like, I wonder like if I was, you know, a Hindu child and I remember hearing stories about Akalande, like mm -hmm. that when I, when I meet the the misfortune, yes. being able to call on her yes. and just yes. think about like, you know, like all all of that stuff kind of it does something to your psyche. It does no, absolutely. It does absolutely. something to like how you kind of are able to be resilient in the face of uh, you know a lot of the stuff. And like for I don't sure. think if you don't have any faith background, I, like I I'll pray for you because I don't I don't know what I would do with the one God that I have. Could you imagine yeah. if I had a hundred? <laughs> but even even even. Be, before we get to the point of like gods and full on deities, even Christianity is rich with stories. I think oh, jo yeah. Job oh, yeah. is the no, perfect no, no. story. For sure, for yeah. sure. Was for the sure. thing about yeah, think about all the right. shit Job went through, <laughs> and 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 how that forced him to question his faith and and how much loss and grief that he experienced. For anyone not familiar, there's a story of a, of, a, of a, a character in the Bible whose name is Job, and he loses everything going into the story. He's, um, you know, very wealthy businessman, very successful. He's rich in family as well. He has many children, many wives. The whole, you know, he's like living the life. He's out here. Yeah. And basically, this is the part that bothered me. And this is just <laughs> my, again, I have many gripes with Christianity. This is one of them. Because basically, basically what ended up happening, he ended up being the, the poor victim of a bet, basically, between Listen. God and Satan. That's literally what it was. Where... The devil looked at him and was like, you know what? I bet you I can try and correct me if I'm missing any part of his story. But basically, the Satan was saying, I can get him to fall. I can get mm -hmm. him to not have his faith in you 
Because look, it's easy for him to have all this faith because he's rich, he's comfortable, right. he has right. all these things. Right. And God was like, nah, I know my guy Job, even if he loses everything, still he's still going it. to be there. And lo and behold, that's what ended up being the case. Even when he lost his wives, his children, his cattle, his land, he still held on to his faith. So right. No matter what your your religion or your tradition or, or your, even in your faith in yourself, you have them. Like, yeah, they're they're stories. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Knowing that you've been able to endure X exactly can get exactly. you through Y. So like, exactly. but I think I think that faith that like having that inner I don't even know what I mean. Faith is probably yeah. The faith is part of the word. word. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 is like it has definitely been my salvation through, mm-hmm. through all through of many the many tough. Um, and it's so it's just so interesting to kind of maybe have a name now for things that I've been feeling. It's yeah. Like yeah. Bad. Yeah. And, a, and another one, while while we're out east, might as well do a little bit more exploration <laughs> out there. Okay. We okay. just we just took a quick visit to, to India and, you know, and, and the Hindu tradition. So now this is moving now up to Japan. And I'm not sure if you've seen this next image because I put it. I put the mm-hmm. pictures intentionally that way. Maybe they, you'd recognize them. No, the, yeah, I the mean, Jap- it's beautiful, but it's I don't, beautiful. It, yeah, it's and you'll nothing. see why. You'll see why it's beautiful. The Japanese have uh, um, basically it's an art, uh, or or it's 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 equally an art and also a school of thought. It's called okay. kintsugi, which okay. means golden joinery. It's also known as Kinsokuroi, which means golden repair. I don't know if you said that right, but it sounded good. Oh, I did. I looked up <laughs> I looked up how to say it. You know how to hit you that little extra Japanese. You know what I'm saying? They heard it. You heard yes. it. You heard it. Give it to them. <laughs> but basically what it is, it's the art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer, dusted, or mixed with powdered gold, silver, or platinum. Okay. As a philosophy... It treats breakage and repair as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise. Oh, I love that. So again, that. this now again is drawing again those 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 parallels, not really parallels, what's so different about Western thinking and Eastern thinking. Mm-hmm. Western thinking, we're rooted in consumerism. If something if you break a cup, you throw it out. You get the pieces, it's in the or- trash. If you keep it, you got to get the crazy glue that's yeah. No, ain't nobody doing that unless this is like some super. No, I hear you, but for the most part, we're very much we discard. Oh, yeah, something's definitely if something's if something's lost its utility, if it's no longer convenient, we throw it away. Where that's how we think in the west, in the east, it's it's a very different way of thinking, and this is a testament to that. If that same cup or that same bowl. If it were to break, their first thought is not to throw it away. Their first thought is, how can we bring this back together? Yeah. And again, the same kind of parallels and 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 themes as Akilandi, as we just as we saw in the last uh, kind of um, bit that I added. So basically, um, it also relates to the Japanese philosophy of no mind, which they call Mushin. And there's a good quote I found that talked about um, this whole aesthetic. It says, not only is there no attempt to hide the damage, but the repair is literally illuminated, Mm -hmm. a kind of physical expression of the spirit of Mushin, which is the no mind. Mushin is often literally translated as no mind, but carries connotations of fully existing within the moment. 
of non-attachment of equanimity amid changing conditions. Hmm. The vicissitudes of existence over time to which all humans are susceptible. Well, this is a fun sentence. I mean, I was like, (laughs) could not be, (laughs) could not be clearer than in the breaks, the knocks and the shattering to which the ceramic where to is subject. The poignancy or aesthetic of existence has been known in Japan as mono no aware, a compassionate sensitivity, or perhaps identification with things outside oneself. And this is a Mm. quote from Christy Barlett. She has a book called Flickwork where she talks about this art form. And that's it. It's basically, they have the, again, like how you're saying, you kind of wish how some things were a part of your story or your tradition. They have this there in their culture. And I think it's beautiful where they don't think of things as broken or they don't even think of it of, of, of things, even of being binary, of being broken mm-hmm. or not broken, mm-hmm. if the things take on new life and they take on new form and they take on new shape. And that beauty, you see it because they always have the gold. Sometimes it's gold, sometimes it's silver. You'll see where the pottery broke and where they yeah. put it back together. The same applies with our lives. And the part, mm. the, the reason why I brought up Kintsugi is... The part where, especially that last sentence, where it says identification with things outside of oneself, meaning we very, very, there's very few points in our life where we're ever really fully in control of how things happen or how they things play out. Right. And I think if we're having this conversation about regret, a lot of it is in root is rooted in our need to always feel like we're in control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we we try to be masters, uh, when when we're we're very rarely, if ever, masters of our mind, and because of that, we try to be masters of our environment, and we fail at it miserably, time and time again. Every time, yeah. <laughs> and and a lot of it, a lot of the ability to get over to be resilient is rooted in the ability to let go of things and put them back together, sometimes in shapes and forms that we might not have envisioned before. And so that's why I just wanted to call on, you know, first starting with Akilandi and then also introduce the art form of Kintsugi to our listeners because they both speak to that. It was hard to find parallels here in Western culture because, again, we don't, we don't, we tend yeah, to not think this way. Like this, yeah. yeah, we tend to not think this way, but but we we really should. We really should. Um, did you? Uh, so now that you've heard of Kintsugi, have you seen pictures or have you seen bowls like that I before? Mean, now I need, I feel like I need to look at everything <laughs> with a different gaze, honestly, because I, I like looking at this bowl. It looks kind I mean, again, this is something that you guys will probably see, but it looks like marbled yeah. with gold. And to, and to kind of see, like, the gold is kind of is the first thing that I am gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives it a different sense of character. Mm-hmm. And to learn that that come that came from a break like yes. we wouldn't have this gold if it wasn't for this the the coming apart of this bowl exactly. and to think in in kind of comparing that to our lives a lot of the most beautiful parts of us happen out of a break mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of the character, a lot of the depth of our lives come from being broken, yeah. and it it is in the 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 golden joining of of putting our life back together that we become a different. It's 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 a completely different bowl now. 
Yeah. And you're probably a very different b- person after a br- after a break. Absolutely. Um, and so, like again, just having a language, uh, a theory, an idea, a, a practice to mm-hmm. kind of tie tie that into something that people feel every day mm-hmm. is like it's really it's fucking it's like it's kind of blowing my mind right now and i <laughs> yeah I, I could i could see it in your face <laughs> as you were listening i don't often see you this way so i think i, I hit on something good yeah no it's, it's I, giving you I, a whole I, I like that you've used it that when we and i know we use this often in 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 book club with literally swag we talk about having the language and how empowering yeah. that is yeah how sometimes for example now i'm sure i know because this has been the case for me anytime i've had difficulty or issues i always think of akalandi i always mm. think of her and i always think mm. of how you're right you know what right now i'm just in a state of flux i'm just in a state of transition this is this is not my final form and the truth is i'll never have a final form Here, i'm always yeah yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. always going to yeah. be in flux. Yeah. I'm always going to be in yeah. flux. So, so that learning about her was what made that big shift for me when it comes to regret. I, I remember earlier I was telling you that there was a big shift for me. Learning about her was a big part of that because it just forced me to look at things in a completely different way. Meaning, I, instead of looking at the challenges in my life as stumbling blocks, I looked at them, as we said earlier in the episode, turning those L's into lessons. Like, mm-hmm. what's the lesson? What is this? Why is basically yeah. basically why is this happening to me? Yeah. What is what yeah. do I need to learn from this experience yeah. that's gonna go towards my my edification and my growth and my maturation? You know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 not what is this? Yeah, well, you said it. Not in not in a oh my my like, life. Why is me? Right. Yeah, but like, yeah. What what can I what can I learn from that? What, how can I grow from this? this exactly. Thing? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and really the you know I know we're kind of we're winding down our conversation. I think the, the other two things I wanted to um to share with our listeners is just to let y'all know that a nigga be reading too. I read books too. <laughs> you, you know, you I read books. You be in these reading books. Yeah, reading they just they might not always be you know the the fiction and the fairy tales and oh, you yeah, know you, the. You don't like that too much. But... Not too much. I'm usually more on the you know nonfiction. The, uh-huh. I, the, I hate the word self help because like when I think of the next two books it I'm about to introduce. Healthy. It's it's not so much self helpy and just like the you know the way that there's usually like dogma attached to that and whatnot. Sure. I really enjoyed these next two books I'm about to share because they break away from that. And they're both also rooted in Eastern traditions and Eastern schools of thoughts, which I'd I'd highly encourage for any of our listeners who might not be as familiar with that to dig into that, whether it's Buddhism, Taoism. There's so many different things that we don't learn about here in the West Mm -hmm. that that you mentioned earlier that can really help you at least have more things in your toolbox when you think about your experience as a human that that we don't always see here you know uh the first book is called the untethered soul the journey beyond yourself this is by a gentleman named michael singer who come to find i actually didn't notice until i was doing the prep work here i thought he was uh you know also maybe like into buddhism or he was like a a a a member of clergy or something like that but Mm -hmm. nah he was just a regular dude he had a regular kind of like career um, and it wasn't up until late, like probably some, somewhere in the middle of his career where he uh, was working on his doctorate in economics and 
he was having some difficulty kind of like staying focused and 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 preparing with the rigor that comes okay. with with going for a doctorate because that's a whole other ball game um so I what he did i can't right so what he did is he went into seclusion to focus on yoga and meditation and oh, wow. and after that it stuck with him okay. um and this is this was actually a, a number one new york times bestseller um, and I'll just read a quick blurb about the book. What it says is, what would it be like to free yourself from limitations and soar beyond your boundaries? What can you do each day to discover inner peace and serenity? The untethered soul offers simple yet profound answers to these questions. And basically the whole crux of the book is finding ways to, and to untether yourself from your reality. Because a lot of times we get lost in the weeds, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. I think I've 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 brought this analogy before in a previous episode, and this is one of the things I also have have enjoyed about meditation is it also teaches you to think of yourself more as an observer of your life and things happening to you than than the one who's necessarily experiencing them. Okay. So a good analogy to to to, to think of it is, let's say you you lived on a busy street. And you have a porch. And from your porch, you can see the traffic passing by in mm-hmm. front of you. It's a busy street. There's cars honking. You know, people are cutting in between traffic, trying to, you know, we live in New York, trying to cut cut across the street. So basically, you want to get to a position or you want to think of the cars that are going through the road and all the fray of the traffic and everything happening as your emotions. Okay. So you want to think of them. As you, the observer, you're a degree removed. You're sitting on your porch. You're watching them go by. And what having that perspective of the, of the observer allows you to do is you you do a much better job of identifying your emotions. Meaning when you're seeing anger drive by, you can say, oh, that's anger. Mm-hmm. I don't need to experience it or I don't need to be a, a, absorbed by it or like, a, you know, kind of like lose myself to it. Right. But that's what that's that's anger. That's happiness. That's fear. That's joy. What we tend to do is we <laughs> tend to go and run and play in traffic. Meaning, we, I'm in jump hopping and all. Yeah, meaning there's a <laughs> semi truck coming down, honking and blaring, and <laughs> and we duck that, and then next thing you know, because we jumped that, we're in another lane of traffic. Right, right. A lot of times, that's how we go. Through. We we're just stumbling and flailing through our emotions. Yeah. And it, it helps to to think or, or come to a place where you're you're the observer. You're observing these things happening to you and you're able to make decisions on how to respond accordingly. You know what I mean? It doesn't even seem like optional. It takes it takes some time and it's it's it takes some unlearning as well because uh, we, we don't often think of our emotions that way. We think we think that we're so closely tied to them. Right. Uh, when really they're they're just a part of our experience as human beings. They're not things that we own in any way. We don't own anger. We don't own happiness. We don't own any of these things. They're all things that we we get to experience, and if they're good ones, enjoy. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um. Oh, I'm really fucking you up. You. You, you are. I was not prepared. <laughs> so basically, that's what the whole book is about. It's about finding ways to untether yourself from a lot of this stuff that gets us caught up and fucked up really and truly um so one quote that i love from the book that that michael says is eventually you will see that the real cause of the problem is not life itself 
it's the commotion the mind makes about life that really causes the problems. So it ties back to what we were saying earlier about how it, it really comes down to control. And unfortunately, we like to think that we are in control of our lives, right. but very often we're not. And we a big part of, of freeing yourself from that is just, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but just throw your arms up. Like, like look, <laughs> no, like, look, this is life. Like, th- life is not oh, always God. going to be happy. Life is not always going to be pleasant. It's much more a measure of how you respond to it. Well, yes. Yeah, for and, sure. And that's for what he says in the, in, the, in the last quote from the book that I'll, I'll leave y'all with, is the truth is that most of life will unfold in accordance with forces far outside your control, mm. regardless of what your mind says about it. Sometimes your mind, more often than not, our minds are our worst enemy. Because, and then a lot of it, uh, man, I'm really going on some tangents today because you got okay. me on, you got me on one no, today no, because this it. is the kind of stuff that like I love learning about because I, I love learning about the psychology and biology of it all. A lot of the fear systems that we have in our mind today, 2020, are hardwired in our brain over millions of years. I know, I know you might not necessarily believe in evolution as, as you know, I do. As a, it's, it's, oh, you do. Yeah, okay. It. Yeah, the but but a lot method. of this stuff, especially when it comes to like fear, like like fight or flight, that's stuff mm-hmm. that came from that. That's what it was back yeah, when we were living, you know, in the savannas, you yeah. know, in in Africa. It very much was if I hear a rustle that's in the I leaves, I don't have time to yeah. stop and think. Oh, was that uh my brother, or was that mm-hmm. a lion that's trying to yeah. eat me? Right. But now, unfortunately, a lot of those same fear-based systems that worked very well for us for millions of years and got us to where we are now, they're very, they're very maladjusted for the type of lives that we live now. Right. So today, in 2020, here in Flatbush, Brooklyn, <laughs> where I don't, I don't have to think about a lion coming down and hunting me and, right. and eating me. Right. But you do have fight or flight in others. I do. So then, that's how those fear-based systems still play out, even though yeah. fear, really and truly, unless you're living in some war-torn, you know, kind of environment or you know whatever it may be, for most of us, that's not something that we readily need to. There's not a lot of things that we really, really and truly are putting our lives in danger unless you're sure. black and living in America. <laughs> but, you know, whole other conversation. Right. Um, but basically just we need to unlearn some of those systems that our brain is hardwired to do hmm. that lead that really lead to just anxiety and 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 a lot of like, you know, fear in, in our mind and our hearts. Um I guess, well, did you have any thoughts on that one before I share the next one? Because I just have one um, more and then I'm I done. Mean, I know besides, I'm, I'm on my little no, high no, horse no. here. Do but. it. Kill him. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I, to be honest with you, I I think all is of this, this confusing is... Is any of this? Is this like not a lot confusing. To, does it make sense? Or it what does, are you thinking? It does make sense. I just think because the way that I've lived my life, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't see this as possible. I don't... It is. Okay. It right. is, though. I know. I know. And I think I think that is also a conversation that I've been having with myself is like there are so many limits that I put on my reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be just because I'm comfortable or I not comfortable, but it's kind of like the monster, you know, like I know my life in this way. And what if it 
what what if what mm-hmm. but what if on like in a positive way um which is clearly not something that i i've allowed to occupy my mind and i i think when you were giving the analogy about like watching from your porch the road mm-hmm. in front of you mm-hmm. i wasn't even thinking about like running in between the cars i would be hopping hopping in one of those motherfuckers like oh, i'm yeah. i'm yeah, driving yeah. down with anger <laughs> i am yeah. um you know i'm carpooling right with despair the, you know yep, what i'm saying so yep. it's like not i feel like a lot of times it's not even me weaving through my emotions but like being kind of stuck and like in, yep. in confinement with them yep and knowing that there is another option is something that is a relief to me yeah. i yeah. think i definitely would be interested in reading this book and kind of figuring oh, that I out have because, it. You, it's well, all yours yeah, hold on on to it. that's if um, i ever see you again because I, I know mean, you you ain't in these streets i'll mail it to you if i need to <laughs> um but oh, you yeah. know another one another one because sometimes the the car one uh, you get it. I know you get it. But uh, or, or another, maybe even an, an easier way to think of it, because we've all you've flown before. You've been on a plane. Most almost all of us have been on a plane Hopefully, before. Yeah. You think about storms or thunderstorms or lightning when you're here on the ground. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that seems like that's all there is. There's yeah. lightning. There's hail. There's water coming down. And I don't know if you've ever flown in bad weather. I have. But there's there's always clear skies above right there's always literally always clear skies above those clouds those dark clouds and that's that's another way to think of it is as as much as you might find yourself in moments where you're kind of just stuck in the middle of this the just the bullshit that life throws you away sometimes yeah there's always clear skies above Mm. but to do that it requires you to move think about both analogies if it's the traffic one you're not there in the traffic. You're distant. You're removed. There's perspective involved. You're sitting on the porch and you're watching it. Or if you think about the the bad weather analogy, you're in the plane and you're flying above it. It t- mm-hmm. it, it takes movement. It takes action. It takes momentum. And that's why, like you've been using the word stuck. You it, you have to do what you you can to to just break out of that right. because the momentum the momentum ends up building on itself. You know what I mean? No, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, the other book that I will be sending your way as well in the little <laughs> care package I might All be right. sending to you. I like present. This one is called When Things Fall Apart, Hard Advice for Difficult Times. This is by, oh, I'm sure you've heard of this reference before yeah. somewhere. Um, this is by an author by the name of Pema Chodron. She's a mainstay um, in in the the Oprah universe. So if you've ever oh, okay. listened to All any right. of her like well, her where, Sunday yes. conversations or any, she she's um she's on there a lot. She's a okay. fixture on there. And actually, she has a really good um, uh, podcast. Oprah does. I forget what the thing's called. Oh, Sunday conversation. Uh, no, oh, not masterclass. Was, I think it's like Sunday Soul Soulful Super Sundays. Soul Sundays. Yes. Super Soul Sunday. There's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. one with Pema Chodron, which I will link out as well. She Pema Pema's brain like it blows <laughs> my mind. Like just and that that's the thing. I think I think a lot of the stuff that she says, and this is the case for a lot of other like Buddhist teachers, it's very simple. It's not right. complex like mm-hmm. thoughts. But just the way that they're able they're able to distill them and put them all together. Um, but anyhow, Pema um, is a leading exponent of teachings on meditation and how they apply to everyday life. She is widely known for her charming and down-to-earth interpretation 
of Tibetan Buddhism for Western mm -hmm. audiences. So that's that's who she is. I'm and she's also what's that? Oh yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. It's a really good one. Um, but basically what this book is about is how can we live our lives when everything seems to fall apart, when we are continually overcome by fear, anxiety, and pain? The answer Pema Chodron suggests might be just the opposite of what you expect. Here in her most beloved and acclaimed work, Pema shows that moving, moving toward painful situations and becoming intimate with them can open up our hearts in ways we never before imagined. Drawing from traditional Buddhist wisdom, she offers life-changing tools for transforming suffering and negative patterns into habitual ease and boundless joy. Man, man, right. We need to get them to write our episode description. Right. The writing these blurbs, right? <laughs> Shit, I want to read that book. Exactly. Um, and so just two quick quotes quotes from the book and and I I recommend y'all y'all check this out and, and get your hands on them. Um the first one and this is directly from the book is things falling apart is a kind of testing and is also a kind of healing. We think that the point is to pass the test or to overcome the problem. But the truth is that things don't really get solved. They come together and they fall apart. Mm. Then they come together again and fall apart again. It's just like that. Period. The healing comes from letting there be room for all of this to happen. Room for grief, room for relief, for misery, for joy. Mm. And that I yeah. If you gave me a if you gave me a month, I would have been able to tie right. that all together <laughs> that well. <laughs> that's that's hours of of introspection and uh. you know what I mean? And the the one of the one that I really enjoy from the book is um, letting there be room for not knowing is the most important thing of all. When there's a big disappointment, we don't know if that's the end of the story. It may just be the beginning of a great adventure. Mm. Life is like that. We don't know anything. <laughs> we call something bad. We call it good. But really, we just don't know. Yes. And that's I, I gotta give snaps on that one because that's the pro, that's our, that's one of the ways we hold ourselves back so much. It's, it's what I said earlier. It's our it's our need to always feel like we're in control, and it's also our need as humans to feel like we always have to know something through and through. Right. And, th and this maybe leads to what you talked about earlier and how you struggle with with you know kind of sometimes not being able to start things or to make leaps of faith because you want to have it completely figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit, yeah. fellow Capricorn, that same <laughs> shit here. I've, sometimes I want to know all the nuts and bolts before I dive into something. Right. But I've, I've, found, I've personally found a lot of freedom in the past few years of my life when I've kind of read, I've read both of those books and been going to therapy and learning about Akilandi and, and just all the work I've been doing to get to my to get myself to a better place with handling difficulty and handling heartbreak and you know all the, the the wrenches that life throws our way mm -hmm. um a big part of that is just relinquishing control we're just let it go it's hard it's yeah. hard for you and i especially yeah. but really it's a very freeing thing to do once you get in that habit because shit just don't phase you the way it used to. I know that's so true for me. The shit that would phase me now, I, I barely even think about, you know? Shit that would have me in bed, like, crying and, like, just, like, completely broken 
now I might, I, you know, I might give it five minutes of, of my time and then, oh, wow. and then I'm good. You know what I mean? Now I'm not, again, it's not that I've arrived anywhere. It's very much a, a process. Yeah. I still have my moments, but I think just learning to internalize some of this stuff really will set, will set myself up, yourself up, our listeners up to just really be able to handle some of the curveballs that life throws your way and some of the things that we we tend to think of as like big regrets. Hmm. Yeah, I I was not uh prepared for this conversation. <laughs> I was like, you want to talk about regret? Here we go. I'm gonna hit you I with know, the, the and notes I'm, and I'm bolts. So yeah. I'm I'm actually I'm very fortunate that you've done a lot of different work because I don't know that I mean this conversation could have ended in a very different way mm-hmm. without the insight that you've shared. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. And I think even being able to say that I don't know is a, it, it has been an issue for me in the past. Yeah, and I've be definitely hard. become so comfortable allowing myself to not have an answer mm-hmm. and not know and, and, and let that be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, thinking about relinquishing power to my life. Like I don't, again, that is not something that I have ever seen um, in, in this life that I've created. But I, I, even in this conversation, I wonder, and I mean, I'm relinquishing it. Like, let's be honest. It's not going to be anything too crazy, but giving my, (laughs) giving myself, you know, just, just it's, this conversation has sparked a lot of curiosity Good. That's a good thing. Curiosity is a good thing. Like, just, um, and not even thinking about the life that I could lead, because I think that that also feels very like destination based. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we want to try and move away from that. Yeah, but just like just just thinking about moving in a different way and Mm -hmm. like thinking in a different way, Mm -hmm. and um, I I have. I've gradually been coming to a place where I can see any downfalls, any curveballs, any mm-hmm. any misfortunes. I've been able uh, very recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's okay. This is a be, recent thing for me too. Yeah, so, no, I yeah. mean, just being honest, to yeah. be able to kind of appreciate them and learn from them yep. as opposed to allowing it to kind of just overwhelm me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, it is what what you, you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't mm-hmm. know any of this. And so mm-hmm. it is, it mm-hmm. is very exciting and refreshing to know that there's more, there's more that there's more to learn and that there are there are things that have been placed for thousands of years that can I can use. Oh, absolutely. For, um, there's so much knowledge out there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I know all uh, all of the 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 stuff I shared, Akilin Bali, um, and also the two books, all of this was was born literally out of me just being completely feeling like I was completely broken yeah. and just being in a really tough spot a couple of years ago. And I was just like, yo, I refuse to let this be my story, like moving forward. So I was like, let me just do my research. Like what, what are some, maybe some different ways of thinking that I haven't thought about or like, mm-hmm. how can I, how do I get beyond being consumed by regret and all of the what ifs, like what, what can I do? Yeah. And that's when I stumbled on, on these two books. And then also, um, yeah, the, the 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 two characters or the two kind of um, 
thoughts. Not traditions, thoughts. There you go. The two yeah. thoughts that I brought up. Um, well, yeah. Well, I guess <sighs> bring, to, to bring it on home, what what would you what would you want to live with our listeners? I, I like this. I don't usually see you like this. This is good. This they is. can't see you right now. I really got Nana. Like she has her <laughs> thinking face. On. Like I know your thinking face. And you've had it for like the past 40 minutes. And I love it. I didn't know that I had a thinking face. That means I'm hitting you with some new new. Yeah, you that's are. good. Like I, that's I, good. I, I will never pretend to have any idea about any of this. And I think mm-hmm. if there is something that I would leave with our our listeners is this is all very new to me um and i don't i don't have a prescription because i haven't i'm still in the process of figuring things out but i think that that's that's really and and i but i also think that like if you've ever if any of what we've talked about today has resonated with you in even the minuscule of ways Mm. like I think it is worth digging deeper. I think yes. it is worth yes. exploring. I think we got to get our Obi hats and hit that research. Like, mm-hmm. um, I am, I am incredibly excited after having this conversation mm-hmm. to all of the other opportunities my life could look like. Like, and these are things that I, I feel like instinctively I have been craving and looking for but maybe didn't know where to start and sometimes Mm -hmm. it just is a start like you just go and Mm -hmm. if it's if it's a shower conversation if it's a poop conversation (laughs) if it's if if you're if you're jumping you know 10 does deep and you're getting a therapist or if you're just reading an article like i think if yeah it's going to look different for everybody all of us absolutely all of us, yeah all of us but i think that a lot of a lot of the unlearning that we've talked about mm-hmm. especially and i mean i think our reference points are african uh households even uh-huh. if you yeah, yeah, loved yeah. everything about your upbringing yeah. which a lot of people do and it's mm-hmm. wonderful and you're the doctor or the rosy, lawyer everything was and great your parents yeah. are so proud of you there yep. are things to unpack i am sure oh for sure um, there's always something you know or if or if you did all of the things and maybe you regret not pursuing some yeah. stuff or yeah, yeah, or yeah. Spe- I, like the the conversation about speaking up for yourself obi like that is something that i've that has been embedded in me but i don't because i didn't think it was a reality i do not talk about it you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and so like mm-hmm. even if it's just talking to somebody that you trust a friend uh an auntie anyone t- to kind mm-hmm. of just unburden yourself from some of the feelings that you've had because a lot of the time um we don't encroach on this because a it's it's fucking scary mm-hmm. it's you could hurt a lot of people mm-hmm. but like you there's no haven like you know what i'm saying like where do i go if i can't yeah. afford a therapist if i you know if i don't know where to start like i don't know that i would ever have ended up with Akalande, I, have, but... I have an answer for you okay and Wait again again this again is 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 back to the Western and Eastern uh, kind of ways of thinking. Okay. A lot of times in in the Western school of thought, when we when we have a lot of the questions that you're thinking about now that you've put on, and this this is a direct line going back to the Greeks. If we think mm-hmm. about Aristotle, the Socrates, you know, the the uh, Socrates, all these people, they did all of this kind of thinking. And a lot of their questions, though, and this is because they're the the basis of our kind of way of mm-hmm. thinking here in the mm-hmm. West. A lot of their questions were always external. 
a lot of their their thinking was understanding their environment externally meaning yeah. you know why why does you know why does the tree do, do what it does why does the bird sing you know what's my purpose all of that a lot of it was very external and that that's also led into our religion and our our beliefs in western where we look for our answers outward we pray. Mm-hmm. We pray to mm-hmm. God who's outside of us. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of for mm-hmm. us as as Christians and Jews and, and Muslims, our gods are external. It's it's a person that we can think of and we we pray to them. Right. That's absolutely not the case in or it, I don't want to say absolutely not the case. It's very much different in Eastern traditions mm-hmm. because, yes, they also still have their gods and their deities. But when it comes to a lot of these life questions, when they want to find um, enlightenment, they go within. Mm-hmm. So they look for those, la- they look for those answers within, instead of like, you were just posing now, like, who do I go to? Where do I go? You go within. So, you, I go already, within. I, so you got all, all the things you have, you, you have, have the tools. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, of investing the time and the energy required to sit. Cause a lot of the, some of this stuff is going to be really uncomfortable and it takes, it takes, <laughs> To say the least. Yeah, it it takes uh 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 you gotta be real intentional about it. Um so that's what I would I would I would challenge you to do is is to not necessarily always think that some of these answers you're looking for are going to be with a therapist or with the pastor or with your sis, you know, your brother or your mother. A lot of times some of these answers and truths are living in us the whole way through. It's just a matter of quieting our mind and kind of tapping into it. Mm. yeah yeah um that if there's if there's really if there's one thing that i would leave people with or i'll say two give me (laughs) it's just you you are on one today so i am am. well one is just to remind everyone that if you really want to think of what regret is and i've said it a few times and it's just because i want to make the point um hit home it's rooted in attachment. And again, a lot of Buddhism specifically is rooted in in getting rid of attachment because our attachment to things, people, memories, that's what be fucking us up. Heavy. No. Our attachment to those things. And a lot of suffering also comes from wanting things to be different. Yeah. Um, mm. From expecting the ideal to overcome the actual you know, then that's why we, when we talked about way, you know, in the beginning, when you were talking about like the ideal, you know, or even when I talked about myself saying that there's this like perfect version of myself that I'm always trying to close the gap with that shit don't exist. You know what I mean? It's a nice mm-hmm. little thing in my mind to keep me honest and keep me focused, but I'll never, that to the reality is that gap will always be there. That gap yeah. is never going to close. There might be times where it's smaller, but it's never going to close. And so I would just encourage everyone to, to just, Try to find ways to detach or remove yourself from needing things to work out a certain way. Mm-hmm. The universe is perfect and there are no failures. This is a quote. These are my words. I don't want to. <laughs> I was going to say, you about to really school. It's a quote I found. It says, detach from needing to have things work out a certain way. The universe is perfect and there are no failures. Give yourself the gift of detaching from your worries and trust that everything's happening perfectly. Because it is. It is maybe not in a way that makes sense to you in the moment with your right. current right. level of understanding and right. knowledge, right. but believe you me, whatever higher being you believe in, whether that's God 
whether that's the universe, what whatever that is for you, uh-huh. there are forces and powers at play working in your good. Yes, that are yeah. so far beyond any level of understanding that yeah. you will come yeah. to in this lifetime. And you just have to have some faith that they're that they're working in your favor. Uh, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've, ladies and gentlemen, I've rendered Nana's speeches. Ah, this fuck is out of here, nigga. I'm gonna always have some. <laughs> I need you to speak because you know dead well. I, I tried doing the sign off one time and it just ah. didn't it just didn't end well, right? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. I I oh, I mean, you. I I am greatly I'm so appreciative of this conversation and I yeah. had really no I even though we had prepped this, I didn't know where we would go. And no, so I know I, you you did your outline then I was like, "Oh, okay. I got I got I could add oh, a little yeah, bit." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got some things in your toolkit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got some uh, yeah. stuff I can share. So, yeah. I I really really appreciate that and I thank mm-hmm. you so much. Thank you guys. For listening to another episode of Workday with Nana and Obi. Definitely follow us on Instagram at Workday Pod. Um, we are on the Twitter, so follow we us are, there. We are. Still at- building out a little bit, so it's, it's still a little bare bones, but it's gonna happen. <laughs> we we gonna get there. We're gonna get yeah, there. We will. And if there is any any anything that you've learned on your journey on how to kind of uh relinquish this fear this feeling of regret or Mm. if you no longer have what if questions if you've done some work or there there there's something in your culture that kind of helps you through these times definitely feel free to share it with us um you can send it or or if it's still something you struggle with now right oh hit us up yeah, and you just want to... Oh, he clearly has recommendations for all. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all so, good. Yeah, whatever People you want to share with us on this topic, we would love to hear from you. Definitely Absolutely. feel free to send an email to our Gmail account. That's uh, workbaypod at gmail.com. Um, I thank you all so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your gloves. Put your mask on. Things, all those things. And stay in flux like my Ooh, good yes. girl. Never... I- Never not broken. Never. I'm gonna never not be broken. Yes. 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 Believe me, once you hear that line once, it it sticks. Never gonna forget it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.